0: Two guys were out hunting, but they weren't getting any ducks. What do you think the problem is, Steve? I don't know, Bill. Maybe next time throw the dog higher. You're listening to the Smackdown Outdoors podcast. This episode is brought to you by allicefishing.com. What's up, everybody? How are you? Smackdown Outdoors podcast. And I'm your host, Doug Glimmerveen. Got my buddy Frank here, Frank Welsh, fellow Vapor Trail Pro Staffer.
1: Great company. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me in, Doug.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, We'll get into him a little bit later. He hunts and stuff. We can say that much. (laughs) He hunts and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sums it right up, <laughs>
0: <laughs> He kills stuff. Most of it's bigger than mine, so yeah, we're cool.
1: Nah, they're all trophies, man. All
0: trophies. <clears throat> yep, but we're going to get into some hunting and shooting and who knows what, you yeah. know? But as always, I started doing the state fish, and today is the state fish of Colorado, and that is the greenback cutthroat trout, or
1: known as... And he's going to make me totally bash this up because it's quite a long descriptive word. On cornichus, clarkal, stamius. Sure. Yeah. See, I'm really good with the vernacular. So as I just demonstrated.
0: (laughs) Everybody's like, no, don't make me say that. Oh, yeah. The guest <laughs> is the one being made fun of during this segment. Uh, the greenback cutthroat trout, or whatever he said, <laughs> is the easternmost subspecies of cutthroat trout. The greenback cutthroat, once widespread in Arkansas and South Platte River drainages of eastern Colorado and southeast Wyoming, today, this I read this earlier and this is really sad, only occupies less than 1% of its, of its historical range. Um, it doesn't really I don't know if it really says why, but, you know, um, it's currently listed as threatened under the Endangered Species Act. It was adopted as the state fish of Colorado on March 15th in 1994, replacing the unofficial rainbow trout. So they didn't even have a state fish. They just were like, eh, we'll just claim the rainbow, but not really care if it's real or not.
1: Well, you know, it's something to do. I
0: Basically, I guess so. <laughs> well, they're giving it some credibility now. Right. You know, giving it some exposure. We thought, you know, we were kind of like, eh, the rainbows are state fish, kind of. Oh, look at this one. This one's cool. Uh, the greenbacks cut greenback cutthroat's maximum size is only 18 inches long, although that's still pretty big for a trout. It has largest spots of all cutthroats and is reported to have the most brilliant spawning colors. Like all cutthroats, it has red coloration in the area of the lower jaw and throat. Historically, it has been reported to grow as large as 4.5 kilograms or, for us Americans, 9.9 pounds, America. Uh, let's see. Natural history. Apparently, it's evolved over the past 2 million years from other. And we came up with, we had another trout that it's like the same on That's what we came up with on maybe a uh, species which migrated up from the Columbia and Snake River basins to the Green and Yellowstone River basins within the past 20,000 years, a population which crossed the Continental Divide during the most recent ice age. Dude, they're riding on top of glaciers. That's, that's how they're, that's how that's they're getting places. That's a feat in itself. I <laughs> <laughs> Maybe gave they her. got
1: little skis or something. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, it all-terrain trout, <laughs> a population which crossed the continental divide during the most recent ice age. Well, cool. It's either riding on glaciers or afterwards, when it's flooding, I guess. Uh, it, it froze. It, it was uh, one
1: of those frozen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Regen.
0: Yeah, they all thought. got stuck in the ice yeah. and then they thawed out, and we're all like, "Oh, <laughs> so that was a great nap." Um. Let's see. Yeah, that's about it for the rest of the. Yeah, we get all our information for this on Wikipedia. So if you want to look up more, and uh, you can. So, Colorado, you've got the greenback cutthroat trout as your state fish. It's actually, it's a pretty fish, actually.
1: That's it's kind cool of looking with the barring and then also the um, the dots that are on there. For mm-hmm. its, real, real the cool. Speckles, I guess. Speckles. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. So, that's it for your state fish. Thank you, Colorado. Well, hopefully they can figure out some type of way to help grow the population. Yeah. the well, I got to, what it's due to. I got to get a trout like, Biologist in here, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Any yeah. trout biologists out there? You want to be on the podcast? Hit me up, because there's a lot of information. Like I've heard, if you step in a stream, it might affect them. Oh wow, I don't know if that's true, but whatever. Interesting. I mean, it's disrupting yep. to do that. So yeah, I don't know. Well, well, they got that setback now for farmers and whatnot, and that they're all pissed off. The 50 yards or 50 feet, you with... can't disturb the land now next to a stream or river.
1: Sure, as I Good suppose lake. that's with uh, the different uh, uh, fertilizers and pesticides. Yeah, they just want to
0: further too. the distance that any n- unnatural things has to get to the water to filter it out. And it's always kind of been that way. Mm-hmm. Nobody's enforced it.
1: Yes, and actually my brother-in-law Ooh. actually works to help um, educate uh, the farmers and, and, and local uh, peeps up in Morris, Minnesota. He's actually traveled overseas. And, um, he's written research papers and gets grants and stuff too. So he's kind of a pro person for that stuff, but it's, it's, uh, it's been a journey and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's, you know, it's getting all that education out there and, and make it understandable for all the parties involved that it's, you know, you're not just giving up land to produce, um, more crops and, or expand your pasture areas, but it's in, in the long run of what's draining into that natural waterway is right. actually being disruptive not only by where your land is or not maybe not necessarily right where it is but it's going down stream and affecting other areas so yep. that's 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 interesting <laughs> yeah it's
0: not that it's a a bad thing it's just getting no. these farmers to go so i'm losing money because i can't do anything with this
1: property you know which right. i which oh, yeah, you absolutely. understand but there's man, kind man of the know. give and take relationship yep. that You know, we all have to go through in life uh, in various ways. But hopefully, they can come up with maybe some fertilizers or pesticides that aren't as harmful that Mm -hmm. they can use or supplement down the road. That can maybe they could get some of that real estate back. But of course, that's you know years of study and.
0: You know what's what kills me is that it it, with the technology and the science we have. Mm -hmm. Why have we not come up with a fertilizer that doesn't do? I mean, look at lakes with the green algae that piles up and red algae and this and that and whatever else it causes. Why, with all the science we have, Mm -hmm. we can't come up with a good fertilizer that doesn't have these problems?
1: You would think so. Um, Of course, that's way above my, per se, pay grade. It's not my pay grade. Intellect. Right. But uh, I know there's people out there uh, that would have that. And that's basically uh, what my brother-in-law has. He has a chemical engineering background. So that's what, that's why he's in that mix and he's very, you know, pro environment and stuff too. Mm -hmm. And of course I think we all are as, as anybody jumps in a lake and does some fishing and does some hunting that we're all, I mean, we all are environmentalists because we only want to have everything flourish so that we can, you know, partake in that harvest or that encounter, I guess, uh, more often than not. And also be able to pass that on to future generations because- it's so much fun being outdoors. I mean, I, right. just, I just love it. Well, we
0: could, yeah. I mean, we could definitely get into. We could take this podcast a whole oh, different yeah, direction yeah. and talk about environmentalism <laughs> and, and conservation and who the actual true conservationists and in intervo- and environmentalists are in this world. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the people that are actually paying for licenses. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that money goes <laughs> to helping the animals, not you. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah. There's there's screaming at Donald Trump on a. Street corner for no apparent reason at all. I mean, (laughs) that, that is, I,
1: I I have had some interesting conversations over the years. It just, I mean, the amount of uh, money that I pay just in licenses a year is right around in that 2000 plus dollar range for the hunting that I do get to go on for license fees and stuff. And, and I don't mind it, you know, I bet that you do get people that kind of don't understand what you're doing. And, you know, I've had some very interesting conversations over my, you know, umpteen zillion years i'm 50 years old now so <laughs> i've been hunting a while and i actually work in the uh, medical industry i an it professional and i've had some interesting conversations with all walks of life uh and and the conversation normally it really goes well because they're just like oh you're a hunter you know they kind of yep. see that and it's like well yeah um any, like question, one. any questions you know and and it, it's it's always been a good conversation and you know i i explain you know it's it's not, it's not the killing part, you know. Um, although I love eating venison and have eaten several tons of it, I guess over Great, my, greatest my life meat on the face of the planet. But you know, there's the whole uh, again, the, the environmental aspect of it, or or the the population control, or y- so you can kind of get into that. And it's like then I explain, you know, here's what I do on an annual basis. You know as, as from from a dollar standpoint i mean yep. i don't know if you do or not is kind of that i don't want to put them in that weird situation but it's not about because they, i think they get kind of fixated that it's some weird psychological thing that you have that you want to go kill the sand
0: oh we're cavemen that's what it yeah. is we're cavemen and we need to kill you yeah know, and then, and well, we're... It's,
1: it's not that it's um actually you know when the harvest is done i actually feel bad because I'm done hunting for the year now. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I, I just, I love being out in the outdoors and I love seeing all the critters doing what they do. I learn something every single time I go out there, and, um, which is amazing. You just, you think if you've done it as many times if I that I have, that you couldn't learn anything more. But they're adaptable animals and whitetail are my top of the list. I just, everyone is unique and different. And then depending upon where you're hunting throughout Minnesota um, geographically or any other states they're just they do different things mm-hmm. and they're adaptable so I guess that's the big thing is you know there's some conservation you know if you can keep the deer herds in um, good conditions and they're, they're not going to starve I, mean, I remember being like 11 years old in northern Minnesota when we used to have a ton of snow and um, when the deer used to yard up and seeing them starve to death because there was no food available and then even back during that time frame uh, the DNR tried to do some great things to bring in some hay and uh, would put these hay bales out and the deer would actually be eating the hay and be dying off too. Well, their gut gnome changes. Yep. So yep. they're not yep. used to having that type of protein at that time of the year. So I mean, it's, it's an education process. And of course, with our dollars going in, that helps, you know, educate not only us, it helps the, our, um, dnr get educated and provide the tools that they need to to help the animals flourish and keep them in controlled numbers i mean we're we're the animals worst nightwear just because we expand our territory we take their keep taking their territory away so that they can live you know and and do what they're supposed to do (laughs) right
0: yeah and it's it's one of those things it's you know as a society of people like you said you know we're we're growing and we're moving outward you know it seems like everybody i know is moving out you know west and north and moving out into the country and i'm you know (laughs) someday yeah that's what my plan is to move away from the city get out of here um and then what happens especially all these new developments i mean look at rogers Mm -hmm. you know maple grove area monticello you know just out there where i goose and i duck hunt Mm -hmm. um there's, well, it's, beginning of this year there's a, c- a couple fields we can no longer hunt because there's solar farms there now. Sure. Yeah. Well, what else roams mm-hmm. around there? Deer, turkey, and everything else. We're mm-hmm. encroaching upon them. They're encroaching, you know, well, they're not encroaching upon mm-hmm. us, but as right. we expand, they, you know, yeah, it's how do I put this? You know, we need to kind of control that population so, yeah, they're not eating your rose bushes and this and that and the other, and we need to learn to live with them mm-hmm. you know i mean there's groups of deer in this city right here oh absolutely my in-laws have a pack that runs through it's 25 deep mm-hmm. um but
1: well they don't make more yeah, property don't they don't make no. any more land no <laughs> so as no. we grow as human beings we expand our territory the more space we happens. take
0: up the less space they have so we need to make sure that they're not overpopulated so they die because of
1: that. Well, and there's simple math. I mean, that's even where I grew up in Lindstrom and Chisago area. That was, you know, large farms there um, in the eighties. And then of course we had that expansion of uh, a lot of people just, you know, the big boom, you know, there was a lot of land being purchased and then sectioned out in five acre lots. So um, going through all that stuff, you, I got to see that firsthand, you know, all these spots and we, and the critters, <laughs> and that and that's what's hard is um, they'll start to get diseases if there's too much if there's the population base is too much in an area. Mother nature kind of takes care of its own, you know, like mm-hmm. distemper, mange, that type of stuff, and predators. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a gruesome thing to see and to have to to watch. So it, it's good that we as hunters, you know, and that's sportsmen. I mean, trappers are vital we're all in it together you know and and you know the
0: the the problem is is trying to get somebody that has no clue to tell them and i get it to tell them by killing these animals Mm -hmm. it's good for them and it's going to help in certain situations if we're trying to grow a turkey population or an elk population it's going to help that population grow it's weird to i mean it's tough to, to for them to believe it yeah. And I get it because it's like we kill it and we kill, you know, as Minnesotans, we kill 150,000 deer a year. So mm-hmm. there's going to be more next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there is. More. Well, there's, well, there's <laughs> you know, even... it's just, so I get, it. I get that it, that for somebody who doesn't understand, I get that it's tough to, for, to believe what we're saying. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I just talked to Mike Curry on a, a podcast and it's like we need to get more people outdoors. Mm hmm. Take your neighbors, take your friends, just Mm -hmm. take them outside, take them into the woods. You don't have to take them hunting. Yeah. Take them fishing because everybody loves fishing. It seems like, but, (laughs) uh, except for PETA fishing is bad because you're drowning the animal and you, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but take them outside and get them outdoors and experience things and actually, you know, try to show them different stuff and explain to them how
1: things work. Don't argue with them because that doesn't do anything. That shuts them off. Yeah. But you don't want to do that. No but and there's another calculation too i mean farmers even have for every every cow or you know like a their dairy or a cattle farm they know there's a calculation for one cow it takes x amount of acres to feed so you can kind of you know throw it that way that you know cattle or sheep or whatever if you happen to, i don't know that i used to know I actually know that stuff but i'm getting older now i leaking out information but you you (laughs) can't wait till i leak information (laughs) oh it's coming it's coming but no there's a it's it's a common uh it's a simple formula like this this whatever type of livestock you need x amount of acreage then you need to sustain that throughout the course of a year so and that's and a lot of a lot of times what they'll do is they'll have a certain amount of cattle in an area and then that's why they have multiple pastures so they'll rotate the cattle in the different pastured areas, giving the other um, one through five, so they'll go from one to two. Then, by the time they're at five, one is ready to recycle in for X amount of head of cattle. So again, that translates right into to animals and what they need for sustainability.
0: Any idea what they say the um, uh, how many deer per square mile or whatever or acre it is? I isn't it? <sighs> yeah. Isn't it? It's like you think about per square mile, and it always seems like that's it. Because I think it's only like six or something, and maybe ten. You know, I used to
1: I used to know that, but that's I'm sure that was like twenty that, years yeah. ago that that calculation came up. So I'm sure it's not even relevant now. And it, it, well, the, the interesting thing is too, I see more does giving births to twin fawns and triplets. I've seen a lot of that. You know, yep. um, that's probably the last fifteen years, really. So I mean, there must be, and well. Again, our winters haven't been as bad. Right, you know it shouldn't be. It's kind of a V eight moment. Um, but our winters always always used to be so brutal. So that was one way Mother Nature could kind of regulate things because they just absorb that that fetus if the weather's are too bad and they don't have the correct amount of feed to sustain them. And of course, now we've got. Better winters. Um, I guess you know how many times you see cornfields that aren't picked throughout the winter, and, and right. so they've got some food to. There's always to get standing in
0: corn in the winter. Yeah, those always. Are, you those are go. Are your tough I, I bet you. I bet you he hunts. Yeah. <laughs> I bet yeah, you he hunts. Yeah, exactly right.
1: Yeah, you can on the right day you can have. Because there's a lot always of fun that one
0: strip right along the woods, and if you look hard enough in the winter, you'll probably see a stand or something in there. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's not baiting, but it's. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever. If it's legal, it's legal. I don't care. I've hunted in Wisconsin over bait. Guess what? Yes. It's not magic.
1: No, they get no. educated very well. Yeah. Where I'm at, there's, yeah. it's one of the last few places that you can still bait. I'm sure that'll be going to the wayside in the next year or two, but um, it, it, it deer will gather, but it, it's... You know, when they know if, hunting season is on? Yeah, they they get it they figured know. out. Yeah. They get it figured out. Yeah. Um, but that's... You know, If it's legal, why not? You, right. know, it's, yeah. you don't want to do anything illegal because you're going to get caught and it's going to be a big problem. So. Right. Oh, you want to talk about Bracket later? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yes.
0: <yeah>, <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen there. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. Yeah. I mean. Well, it it's the whole, and he's not the only one. No. There's been many, 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 you know, celebrity hunters that they feel that pressure.
1: Yeah, to produce. Yeah. And there's that. You know, that line of integrity, I guess, or you can't let your ego get in the way of that stuff. You right. got to, and you have to have, be in relationships with companies that understand, hey, yeah. you know, if I don't produce this year, you know, if you're mad at me, I guess you're going to have to be mad at me or hopefully you'll keep me on for another year or whatever that is. I mean, that's that's a whole different, I mean, that's their livelihood. And Do we have a the, visitor up there? Yes. Oh, Apparently we have a visitor
0: upstairs, so that's what the hello was. That was my wife, in case anybody heard that. We'll find out how nice these new mics are if they. You know, I'm sure they picked it up. Yeah, anyway,
1: but no, I I I think in that 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 type of industry where you're, you know, the perform. I guess that's where you need to clarify. Of course, we as viewers want to see a harvest, right? You know, that's and why we see watch how it all goes down. Um, so we kind of put that pressure that way too. But uh, you know, there's a lot of capable. Hunters out there that are, you know, well-known in the industry that haven't had to cross that path or go down that yep. road. So I guess you got to look within yourself and see what you can live with. Yep, I
0: It's, you know, it, the problem is the industry. You know, it's a big money business. For as small as it is, just like fishing, for as small as it is, mm-hmm. there's a lot of damn money in hunting and well, fishing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, Berkeley just sold for like $1.2 billion. Wow. Yeah. A, a freaking oh, Berkeley. like will oh take my
1: an God. eighth of a percentage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're worth $1. <laughs> $1. $1.2 billion, but I'm not on their pro staff. I've never applied. So <laughs> don't kidding, Berkeley. Well,
1: and it, it's all good if, especially if on the company standpoint, it's, it's, um, if they're making, I mean, they're making better products and they, and they give good engagement with us peeps that are out there using the product that we can give some feedback. That's great because I, you know, and of course with the economic, upheaval and stuff years ago now. And we're still kind of living through that with just, you know, the value of a dollar. I mean, it's, we don't get that, you know, real easily these days. Right. So when we go to purchase, we really want to make sure that we're getting something that we really, really want. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's really cool with, you know, social media, um the, the product reviews and, you know, people that you believe in or follow and they give those reports back it's nice to be able to have that, to go into a pro shop or wherever you're going to get your stuff and be more informed. So you really know. And to try the stuff. I'm a very hands-on person. Yeah. <laughs> I have to see it to believe it. I mean, I well, can, yeah, I've heard of some really cool stuff that they thought with, was cool, but yeah. really didn't work for what I needed it to or how I perceived it, I guess. Yeah. Well, especially with hunting used? gear. <clears throat> oh, you know, yeah. Hunting oh, gear. Yeah. Pretty much
0: all hunting gear is so personal. Yes. You know, fishing. Okay, a rod is a rod. You can get used to using this rod today and those baits and that boat. But a bow, a (laughs) bow is the most personal piece of outdoor equipment I'm pretty sure has ever been invented.
1: Yes. And that's and I always say you start at the grip. Yeah, it has to fit right in your hand. I I mean, I'm on I'm lucky enough to be on the prime pro staff, um, but I'm not going to say, Doug, that's going to be the best bow for you. No, never say that.
0: Darton is the best pro. Is the best bow ever.
1: The Darton Maverick back in the day was.
0: They brought that. Well, they brought it back quotation marks. Uh They brought brought back a Maverick like Maverick Two. Uh Ah, there we go. Yeah,
1: but but no, you gotta. That's I tell anyone. You know, I I, the primes work well for me. Yep. But you always start at the grip. It's how it fits in your hand. That's and then you look at your price points. You know, before you even touch anything, that's on a whatever end of the spectrum know your price points, have them explain to you, you know, what fits in those price points and then start there. Cause you hate to if you didn't want to spend a thousand dollars, don't even look at it because you'll just be You'll right. just hate yourself.
0: Yeah. But but remember when you're setting that your budget that you need arrows and you need releases yes, and you need quivers and you bow. need this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's yeah, not your You're going to spend more to start shooting <laughs> than a $399 bow. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but you know, and that's, well, we're kind of going all over the place, but yeah.
0: If, that's okay. with the podcast. You... <laughs> we can do whatever. We can start talking about bacon. I don't care. Well, that's all good.
1: But no, if once you do figure out your bow, if you do spend a thousand dollars on just the bow, um, Really, I think your accessories are really important. Um, Try to buy the top quality accessories because you can actually maintain those accessories throughout your hunting career. Yes. You know, that's why I always, you know, you know, machined aluminum components. Um, I I want well-built constructed items, you know, look at their warranties on things. Um, Call them you know, they'll, they'll talk to you. I mean, vapor customer service. Artery. Yeah. Well, those com. guys have known. Those. Just keep
0: talking. I'm just going to subliminally yeah. vapor, tell everybody. Yeah, vapor, vapor trail archery, vapor trail
1: archery. And that, and what a great company. <laughs> and we, you know, and being from Minnesota, uh, vapor trail, you know, Jared, Jared Fondy had remember him back in 93 doing this out of his garage, which was pretty yeah. cool and talking to him and how he wanted to just make a better product. And, and he did, you know, he developed some fibers and the, you know, the VTX and, uh, you know, really flourished in the, You know, limb driven technology was kind of really cool to be around all that and be involved in that stuff and uh, give some feedback and see where it's at today. I mean, the guys are doing a great job with this passing four years ago now. um, They're still keeping things going and they're still keeping his vision alive and and uh, driving that forward. It's pretty cool. Uh, Gen seven. Pretty sweet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The new Gen seven rest, which is funny because it's like I, I want one. But at the same time, I've still got my Pro-V. Yeah. And no, I'm like, it still works. So why would I, and this is where I'm so much different than any Pro Staffer, no matter what company you're talking about. It's like, it still works. I get you want me to sell it, the Gen 7, but mine still works. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, I want a new one, but at the same time, it's like, ah, I don't really need it. If somebody asked me, I'll go, yeah, the Gen 7, it's great. Get that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, if I have this one on my bow for 20 years, and this goes back to where you're saying, you, but mm-hmm. if you buy good equipment. For your bow, you can put it on all your bows. Mm-hmm. This one's been on three or four different bows, you know. So in twenty years, if it's still working, I can go see Vapor Trail. If there's you know, they'll, of course they'll still be around because they're right. awesome. Yes, of course. Um, of course, you know, it's like yeah, this one's twenty years old.
1: Yeah, tell me no, you shouldn't buy one. Exactly, you know? and there and there's so many people out there that I meet that still have the original, you just know, little limb-driven. split yep. fingered one. Yep. But that that just goes back. I would say maybe spend your money on your accessories. And especially if you're just getting into it, because I mean, you don't want to buy something and then get away from it and go, man, I really spent a lot of money and, yeah, you know, but on the other hand, if you get good accessories, get your bow, get your entry level bow. Now you shoot it for a year or two, then you're like, okay, I can kind of see it. now you can just transfer onto your new rig. If you want to go up to the you know next category and th- there's differences in all of that, but it's really kind of hard to say, look. I've never driven a car before, but you know, here buy a Porsche. Okay, so you don't even <laughs> yeah. know where your baseline is, right. To know what the difference would be to yep. to get there, because the thing is, you're going to have a Porsche, but you're never going to drive it to the performance level that you could. Very well, without yep. probably hurt yourself. Very well stated. Yep. <laughs> so,
0: well, I, you know, I was <clears throat> working at a couple different archery shops. You know, I was staffing for them, just to help out once or twice a week. <sighs> yeah, I'm looking for my first bow. Oh, put me in that Hoyt carbon. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I would tell them, like, you don't bow, but need it. No, you seriously do not need it. You're you ha- you're not your shooting ability mm-hmm. is not we're well, not going to appreciate it. You're exactly. really not going to appreciate it. You don't you don't know the difference between this one and, you know, a three hundred dollar bear. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to know until you shoot enough where you go. This is why I don't like this bow. Right. Right. You know, that's the thing. You're just like, you can like a bow, but you're always going to not like something about it. When you start picking out the, this is what I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. That's when you start actually understanding what that piece of
1: equipment is all about. Right. And how it fits you. Right. And it's, and, and that's the whole thing too. Trust me, when you start going down the old rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um,
1: I, I do this to myself every year. I'm already got my CT5 picked out and I'm um, doing some more testing tomorrow on the CT9. This is the. Uh, logic line from Prime. Uh, they're really great bows. I'm really excited. Um, but you can nitpick it to death. Um, sometimes you <laughs> come up with excuses why, um, but it's just normally the operator. So oh, yeah. Normally it yeah. is, unfortunately. Oh, went, the guy behind the trigger.
0: I think I had three different bows bef- in between shooting animals. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and it's. I mean, I shot some leagues and whatnot, but it's still it's like, yeah. why am I buying these new bows? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not, yeah.
1: You know, it was like and, and I literally t- <laughs> like three
0: or four, it might have been four different bows between I killed deer with them. And right. I'm like, why did I do that? Because I had a Matthews, then I went to an Elite, then I went to Bear, then I went to PSC, now you know, and a couple different PSCs, a couple different bears. And, yeah, oh yeah, I was around. all of it. Well, in the archery shop, I wasn't on anybody's staff, so it
1: didn't no. matter. Yeah, no. Well, that's one way you don't know yeah. until you try. It's
0: like, oh, I like this one, that's cool. And then, and then, guess what? Next year comes out. Oh, the new one came out. Oh, well you're gonna let me like sell this one here and so make so i don't have to like pay full price again right oh yeah go <laughs> ahead all right so there i'm hawking my bows at the archery shop so i can buy the new one why mm. just because i wanted the new one yeah and it's dumb i well, should have darn near should have kept my elite from seven years ago yeah yeah would work you know but i love my dart and it's absolutely phenomenal
1: oh, that's a that's a great it's fast goal. as hell too you know, and it's if you if you do go the multiple bow route. Um, the reason why I have multiple bows, I have my hunting bow, I have a three D bow, and I started doing the spot thing, shooting spot targets. This will be my third year now. Um, if you do that, you really want again. It, it's the grip, the grip on the riser. You want to have. If if anything, you can have multiple bows set up for those for those disciplines. I mean, and you can play with like normally i'd run my uh my uh, hunting bow as my 3d bow um but i would change out if i had a spare sight i would change out the sights to shoot be able to shoot different arrows if they tuned real comparable um, so that I could shoot, you know, you know, this type of shaft for this discipline and that type of shaft for this yeah. other discipline. Um, I mean, if you can afford to, you know, set the different bows up for each discipline, that's even better. Because now my hunting bow and my 3D bow could actually be backup bows for one another, yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, but the grips, if you can keep them the same, if you can have two of the same models or like in the prime lineup from what I'm finding out this year is that X1 grip is mimicked in the logic line so all three bows will basically have that same feel with a little bit of uh lean uh head lean to it because i'm going to go um a 39 or i got 35 axle axle um that's the bow overall length that's from the upper axle from the cam to the lower axle i'm just trying to dumb this down so i was just know, gonna so to say it.
0: you just rambled <laughs> off so much stuff in the last like two minutes i, I better, caught
1: I, most of it yeah i was like I better S- explain. some this.
0: people are probably like what the hell is he talking about yeah
1: so that it's yeah, okay the, so the five is it's it's 35 so it's 35 axle to axle so where the cams are on the bow there's an axle that actually goes through just like in your car the mm-hmm. axle for your tires so the cam that's same functionality so then they have a 39 um which is a CT nine. So that's what I'm looking at there. So that means it's a little bit longer. And my X one is also a 39 axle to axle. So very minimal head tilt. Um, in that I, I'm my hunting bow, I run a 29 and a half inch draw length. And that is the distance, uh, from where you have your hand in the bow to where your trigger is on the string at full draw. And I run my 3d rig and my, uh, spot rig a half inch longer. Because I, I go a half inch shorter for my hunting rig because I don't want to get slapping on my clothing. Yeah. Because I, you know, I mean, now I just wear a thin shirt because it's indoors during the winter and outdoors during summer where I don't have a lot of clothing on me. Yeah, a lot to get of obstruct that. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid to go
0: short draw lengths for hunting bows, and it's like, no, you can go shorter because yep. <laughs> then your clothes are your arms going to be more bent, your clothes are going to be out of the way, especially when it gets cold and you're wearing bigger jackets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um. God, what was I gonna ask you? I know, I, I ramble once I get on there a tangent. Oh, um, when it comes to grip, personally, do you like a thicker grip like an old Matthews or a thinner grip?
1: I I, I do I'm a <laughs> well, thin
0: grip guy. I like as little grip touching my palm as possible.
1: Yeah. Back when I started when it was the white tail hunter from Bear that was basically like having a two god by, he's old yeah having like a two by four i don't even know
0: what that bow
1: is yeah and i have like baby <laughs> hands so i really don't have uh, yeah. a super big palm area yeah. so when i i really love the grips now because they're more slender they fit in the pocket between your basically in your palm where you're where your thumb and your index finger are. There's basically, there's a line, a natural line there. That's what I'm trying to do to get into it. And you don't want to be fiddling with that when you're trying to get set because that can, that can definitely, it's, it's so minimal. You really are hardly noticing it. You just know if you're fidgeting or not, but that can, the center, let's on a spot, a Vegas five spot target or three spot. That's a three spot, not a five spot target. Vegas is three. Yes. But the, the X that you're trying to hit is the size of a of a, of a penny, I believe. A penny or a so dime? I think it's a dime. Dime. You're right. It's a dime. So if you are fiddling around, um, that can cost you that. So you want everything to be very rhythmic so that you're hitting the same spot every single time with your form. So from your grip at full draw, how you're anchoring, how your shot cycle finishes with your pushing and pulling through. You have very little trigger movement on the trigger if you're a trigger person or if you're using back tension, which is a whole nother fun Whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah.
0: Go to Knock On Podcast and listen to him. I won't even attempt to. (laughs) I can't shoot one. I look (laughs) look like I'm throwing up gang signs when I try to let it go.
1: (laughs) I always go right back to the trigger. And they make some excellent triggers out there. Um, Now, I use a T-handle, which looks like a back tension, but Mm -hmm. it's actually got a trigger. On yeah, it. it's got a button. Yeah, that's a button. Yeah. Oh, they're called buttons. Yeah, a button. So it's a T-handle with a. It's basically got a button where your it rolls into the base of your thumb, and you can basically squeeze it as it, almost a. Trigger you can use motion. Them, yeah. Or if you're doing the proper form where you're extending through the shot, it there's like a, I forget the tolerance. It's like so minimal. Uh, well, you can set zero. them differently yeah, though, can't it's you? So that when your hand just it'll barely rotate and it'll trip that to disengage to allow the string to cleanly. Uh, release from the, from your your handheld.
0: Disclaimer: If you are just starting out shooting a, a bow, do not use bag tension. No,
1: <laughs> nope, no. I'd I'd stay far away from that. Yes, uh, wrist strap. In the face once time. The wrist
0: strap. Don't even go a hook. Go a clamp yeah. on that will not release. Yep. And trigger. Yes. Yep. Once you, once, <laughs> that's how we all start. Don't go. Yeah. Now it's, yeah. You get, and it, you know it's funny because my, my wife, brought it to the shop one night, and I'm like, we're gonna sh- have you shoot. And archery has become, I don't want to say easy, but it's Mm -hmm. become easy. Yeah. Within 30 minutes, I walked over there, and she had baseball-sized groups at 20 yards on a bowl that wasn't even sized, you know, wasn't even fit to her. I do
1: have to say that women seem to gravitate toward archery discipline a lot quicker than the guys. I don't know if it's an ego thing. It's because they listen. Yeah. Yeah. They Um, listen. We don't. Yeah, my wife can pound it pretty good. She actually finished – Minnesota State 5 Spot Women's Champion last year. Did she? Yeah. Round of applause. So, yeah, she didn't even know it was kind of an interesting story. <laughs> she's been she's we're um let's see how should we say this? Um competitive with myself and my wife is very competitive too. She's with herself, but she'll throw it around that she's pretty good. To me, to me. So that's to get me kind of wound up and some friends of ours, which is kind of fun. But, um, well, you know, I'm she... state
0: champion and you're not.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I kill big bucks. Where's yours? <laughs> oh, she's a turkey killer though. Oh. Yeah. That's her thing. But getting back to the whole, uh, um, the five spot tournament, it was the, um, uh, where was it? Becker, Minnesota? Yeah. This the, the state? Yes.
0: And Bemidji, isn't it? Or did they have one down here? They had one down here. Did they? Because I've been to Mankato and I've been to Bemidji. Bemidji? Did I say to Yeah, you got a lot of M's in there, Memidji. <laughs> Sorry, Bemidji. <laughs> um I think they kind of kept bouncing it and then they kind of... I don't know if they're... I don't know. I only did it for a few
1: years. Yeah. Well, and it's been a few years since I've done one. Spot is a, a really uh, humbling uh shoot True you, story. you you know the five spot okay there's five circular spots on the target so you have to shoot you end up shooting 60 arrows and you it, it sounds so simple you just hit the middle of the target at 20 yards every single time so and archery it sounds so easy it's just you you repeat you're just repeating the same process over and over and over again it just sounds so easy and and I've never experienced this until I sh- started shooting spots because I have an extensive three D background. I would find myself like getting. I would be in thought of other things. I actually at one point was like I'm at full draw aiming my bow, concentrating. And during my short shot process, I'm going, how am I breathing? Oh no! Yeah, I was like, no, no. So you, no, you, it's, it's, no. it's really strange yeah. the, the, the thought process that happens because there's what I think it is with 3D, and the reason why I do better at 3D than I do spot shooting is that I'm distracted. Okay, so I have to go up to a target, whether it's a known or unknown, because even if it's known, say it's known, I've been doing a lot of the known, known discipline. Uh, and known as known, known yardage. And 3D is like literally like 3 dimensional targets made out of foam. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty cool. And they got a neat courses set up. Oh, yeah. Um, but you, so I go up there. So if I know it's 45 yards, now I'm just more fixated on picking a spot on the target that I can aim at. So I think that that distracts me with, you know, okay, is that it? And you're at full draw and you're bearing down. And there it is. There it is. And bang, the bow goes off. So even if you have a bad shot, now I have... Uh, say I was a first person up. Now there's three other people that need to shoot. So I have a chance to calm down. Now I have to walk over to the next target. So by the time I've left that arrow, right? And I only have to shoot one arrow, mind you. Mm-hmm. So I can leave that at Not that target. Not five within Not two five. minutes. Not five, yeah. Now, so if I burp one out and I suck a four, especially if you suck a four, I can't let that go that quick. Right. And that's interesting because speaking with Tim Gillingham, he's a... a a pro shooter, he he shoots for Bowtech, and he also is, uh, uh, works at uh, Gold Tip Arrows. Super nice guy. I mean, he's won kajillions of dollars <laughs> in his archery career, and I think he summed it up best. Is that you know, there's there's people with type A, type B personalities, where you know you get a Jesse Broadwater. Jesse Broadwater is the first one that always comes to the top of my mind as a he has probably got the perfect form and he's got the mentality, even if he makes a bad shot. Now you're talking, I'm doing local stuff. You know, I've got a few people watching me, which I don't even acknowledge that. But he's got hundreds or thousands of people that are, you know, these always. Yeah, he's yeah. he's phenomenal. But the guy, if he makes a bad shot, he, he just leaves it. You know, he's got two more or four more depending upon it's a, if it's a Vegas or a five spot. So he can just, he just doesn't skip a beat. You see very little deviation in his facial expression, and he just gets right back on the horse and can grind it through. But that's the A-B, you know, and it's like, I'm a more, I guess I'm a more passionate person. <laughs> so if I'm upset, it's very visible. So, and Tim, Tim Gillingham is the same way. He, he you know, he basically says, I just dread doing you know, that type of stuff, shooting paper, but I do it because that sets me up for conditioning for my 3d season. And the guy tears it up. I mean, hmm. 3ds, he's been doing phenomenal. Um, you know, he's always, you know, I'd say in that top five category for the three, I'll have to look him stuff. up. I don't know if I've heard that name before. Yeah. But he's, yeah, he's super knowledgeable on, aero um, arrow setup and stuff too, especially for gold tip stuff. Of course he's, he works there as well, but, um, but yeah, so we went at the Connie shoot was also a part of the state shoot this past year, going back to my wife. So I signed us up. She didn't realize that I signed her up for the state competition. So it was like a two for one deal. Uh, mind you, I think they had almost 200 shooters. So there was a, about 100 people on the line. So this is my wife's first big tournament, too, with oh. all these people. Oh, really? So I, I remember my first day shoot. <laughs> I get there, I go,
0: holy crap that's a lot of targets yes. wait we're all shooting at the same time i'm used to shooting 20 in a line at an archery shop or something maybe yeah <laughs> and it's like holy cow and there's people behind me you know 10 feet 20 feet behind me staring you know looking at a shooting. and i'm like all right this
1: is fun i hope i do well no i didn't yeah it's just it's just a weird weird experience so i signed her up and we're on the line and she's shooting and she's doing well and i think she got to about the seventh end and she dropped one so she did shoot a four Um, so she was continuing shooting. Now we're getting kind of the last few stages of the, of the ends. And, um, she had already drawn, uh, drawn back and let down twice. Just she she was getting nervous. So, and that's back tension. She shoots back tension. She has put her time to do that. But what happens with back tension is if you start to become tense, that'll definitely stream down into your hand and you basically start to lock up you just can't get your bow to go you, you can't get that release to go um uh brianna um uh theodore she's a minnesota gal who is actually now i believe she just graduated from high school she is actually a pro shooter for prime archery but lives in minnesota really nice gal Um, she's comes down to the local shoots and just whoops our (laughs) keysters. Um, but she's traveling nationally and doing this on a national uh, level. But so we befriended, uh, Brianna and she was actually, she came over and was watching Nicole and I was still standing in line. It was just me and my wife on the line. Everybody had sat down. Everybody's watching her. Oh no. So she can kind of see this in the back of her head. So Brianna, sweetheart, she is, she's like, don't worry about the clock, you know, work your shot work your shot. And so she's saying this. So Nicole had to let down again. Don't look at the clock. She was literally down to 10 seconds. She got back into it. Literally the bow fired. It was one second had expired. So she was able to get the shot off and actually dead centered that. Like I told her, I said, that was probably, even if, you wouldn't have won or done anything that moment right there that shows you have the mud to hang in there to keep with it. So it was funny. So they're calling off the award. So she ended up winning the Connie shoot for the gals. And then she, you know, the state stuff's coming up and then her name was called for that. And she was looking at me. I said, Oh yeah, by the way, I, I signed you for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so she was like, you gotta be kidding me. I said, Oh, I just didn't figure I'd, put the pressure on her you know i didn't want to say it because then she would have been like oh no right you know i've never this is my first time at a big event and all this so but it's fun though and that's what archery is all about i mean you don't have to you know aspire to do that or or if you want to great but if you just want to go fling some arrows it's fun it's everybody loves it because you get an immediate response we're all kids right basically. So oh, if yeah. you, you yeah. shoot, you, you're you aiming, and if you hit where you're aiming, you're like, that's really cool. So now you start to do that. Now it's like, well, you're not done yet. Now just go back a little bit further and see if you can keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that. I love practicing at hundred yards. That's because everything closer will become easier.
0: You must've been listening to one of my last podcasts. Actually, I don't no. think that one's even been out yet. Oh. We're yeah. talking about the same thing. I practice as far away as I can, mm-hmm. Because it makes everything else in there just easy. You will
1: hold tighter. I, I, that's where I tell It makes anyone, your form better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because every little deviation... Actually, you're it was the one that just
0: came out. Oh. Well, now, yeah. Well, this is like way, you know, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's uh, Code Brown, actually, okay. is the name of that podcast where I'm talking about Kyle and we talk about... Because somebody asked, uh, if, you know, your effective range in this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. And I go, look, I love practicing 80, 90, 100 yards. Yep. I'm not going to shoot a deer past 30 right maybe 40 if the conditions are right mm-hmm. but i know that i can pound that deer at 40 because i practiced to 100
1: yes absolutely and i've told people that you know multiple times over the years it's like you know if 20 shoot 30 yep. you know and then then you you all of a sudden it's like baby steps all of a sudden now you're shooting 30 well if you really want to shoot 30 now go back to 40 and then that's how you kind of grow Your confidence in your own ability—it's all about you. It's what's between the ears. I mean, you got to put your time in on anything in life. If you want to be good at it, you got to put your time in. Yeah. And whatever
0: (laughs) distance you pick, you want to kill a kill an animal at. So Mm -hmm. let's say twenty yards. Mm -hmm. What you're going to shoot, double it for practice. Minimum double it. If you think you're going to shoot thirty, minimum sixty. If you think you're going to go out and shoot elk at sixty yards, Mm -hmm. can't can't say. Quite you know (laughs) quite shoot yeah i can't say quite you know practice to 120 but if your gear allows for it might as well yeah you know so yeah it's just practice further than you're going to if you're 100 Mm -hmm. if like we're saying if you're gonna just shoot for fun Mm -hmm. then you don't have to worry about that right because you're shooting for fun set a pin one pin up at 20 yards and go pound arrows at 20 yep
1: no (laughs) no absolutely just and that's the whole thing just make sure you're having fun don't if it becomes starts starts to become work you know, that's not enjoyable for anybody. No. You know, don't take something you love to do. And, but if you would like to ask questions with, to, I mean, any, if you see me out on the course, I am happy to answer any questions. Go to any pro shop. They're going to, I mean, a good, any good pro shop's going to listen to you and help you become better if that's what you want to do. If you have any questions, just reach out to them. That's what they're there for. And anybody, honestly, on the who's shooting at a 3D shoot or something you happen to take along, ask them questions. They'll be right. more
0: than happy to answer that. And they, they want to
1: pass that on. If they don't want ask people yeah, doing this, yeah, if they don't help
0: you out, well, guess what? Nobody,
1: <laughs> nobody likes them <laughs> anyway. So, well, there's, there's always some of that in any yeah. facets to life. Yeah. But so they
0: should at least help you out, you know, yes. With form, with something.
1: Yeah. No, you know, knowledge is power. We, if I don't know something, I don't know it. I mean, right. I, that's why it's like, you know, at work or, you know, I'm, oh, I got a dumb question. For it. No, no dumb question. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. It's, well, it's But you're doing the right thing of asking. Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny because people are like, oh, you don't know how to drive a skid steer? <laughs> Never done it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Never had to. I could do it, but it'll probably be a lot of broken stuff. Yeah. I'm going to be jerking that thing all <laughs> exactly. over. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to look like a, you know, rodeo cowboy, you know? <laughs> I mean, well, we were out, we were out uh, goose hunting. We were actually cutting down a bunch of stuff that at night, mm-hmm. so we can, we were making a field inside this, you know, three foot tall cedar pea grass or whatever it was. So we're out there cutting, and my buddy, he's got one of those weird zero turn motors with yeah. the two handles that just never been on anything like that in my life and he's like yeah. oh you want to cut i gotta go do something oh the cops came because <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay i hop on this thing and i'm going just left and right and left and right and i'm like wait and all of a sudden it just hit me i'm like wait a minute what what happens if i don't actually move my hands oh i go straight oh that's cool <laughs> sweet yeah. i've never driven a zero turn yeah you just i, I would love yeah, to get one yeah, but like you <laughs> don't really move anything you just Keeper, I don't know, but yeah, it goes back to if you've never done anything, how do you know? Right, I've never driven a semi. You're gonna laugh at me for that? Well, yeah, screw up. It's teach me how, right? Yeah, so yeah, ask questions, yeah, Yeah. and that's knowledge is power.
1: You're not, no one knows everything, no, if you do, well, except for me. (laughs) Well, there you go, the know it all.
0: Yes, yes, (laughs) (laughs) going back to the uh, kind of like what kind of shooter we are, Mm -hmm. um. Like, I'll be, it's, I, I, I kind of be like, if I'm shooting fire spot, I'll be like just tense as hell. Mm-hmm. Oh, always yeah. tense, always nervous, 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 nervous. And then I'll dump one. Yep. All of a sudden, the flip is switched and I just pound it from there. Because yeah, it's over. Uh, re- it's over. I, it's yeah. Over, yeah. I lost. Yeah. Don't matter. And then I go, really? I couldn't have done that the whole way through. That's what's the, the most frustrating. It, archery to me, <laughs> Is a lot like golf. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is yeah. a lot like because there's the equipment. Make sure it fits you right. Mm-hmm. Make Absolutely. sure your form, your muscle memory, all that stuff. And it's a game of you know golf is a game of angles. Mm-hmm. Archery is a game of angles. Mm-hmm. One bad shot can oh, throw yeah. off
1: your entire round. But one like, bad it's shot. It's amazing too when you have one really good shot. Everything. It's like the tempo swing. You hardly you know you know heaved on the you don't even the club. feel the ball it just it just dances off the face yep. and it's like that's how it's every shot supposed to be yeah but out of the 500 that i had today that right. was the only one that did that well you, you step but up it
0: is rewarding though you step up and shoot an arrow your first one's a five uh, this, an x right right first one's an x yeah why can't the next 59 be that you step that, up to the t box your first drive is 390 down the or 290 down the middle mm-hmm. why can't all 18 be
1: yeah, it's all between the ears. You, yeah. you, were we are our own worst enemies, and if that's where you got to keep your head in the game, I guess that's where that whole phrase came up. You just gotta, you got to learn where your sweet spot is, and just stay in that happy place, and just keep doing that, keep pounding that. Yeah. But that's what's hard, because like you said, once you dump the one, well, it's like a switch. But let's get to that switch before that happens. Yeah. Let's just, because you know you can do it. Yeah.
0: I've only shot one 300, which nobody knows perfect, and it was actually in regionals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm at state, and I'm shooting. I'm having a real good round, mm-hmm. whatever. I have no idea what happened. No clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm standing there, draw my bow back, put the pin up, and just let her fly. Mm-hmm. I don't know where my pin was. Zeroed on it. It was no. just draw back, close enough. No. Poof, let her go. Like. Nothing was going on in my head at all. Oh, you were you were in a real state of Zen then. <laughs> I have <laughs> you, no you idea. Just, you I'm, let it I'm, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just drew my bow back. Apparently, my brain just said, yeah, it's close enough. And just, boom. Yeah. And right as I let go, I go, huh, that's not going to work out. Nope. <laughs> oh, that's a zero. Dude. <laughs> dude. Yeah. And then, of course, I did pretty darn well after that. But at the same time, I was upset, but. Yeah, there's so there's, you know, two ninety-five minimum. Yep. Or maximum. Yep. Yeah, that's well,
1: yeah, and that's I mean that's the walk of shame is always a yeah a fun one too. <laughs> I haven't had to do that yet, knock on wood. Yeah, but I've know. had friends that have them they're very capable shooters, they're three hundred shooters and yep. just in the rhythm, normally on the end change that'll happen, but that was even after past that and all of a sudden wrong target, boom.
0: Yeah, you have to shoot the
1: wrong target. (laughs) So then what happens, peeps, is what they do is before they can start the next end, because they run two lines, there's an upper face target and a lower face target. And what you have to do, there's called a halfway mark. So you have to rotate your target. So then you have to switch.
0: Oh, yeah. So what
1: happens is on the switch, a lot of times people will forget that their target is now on the top end or bottom, and they'll shoot the wrong target. So before the next line can proceed... You have to do the walk of shame and get your arrow, which is a zero, of course. Yep. But, but everybody, you know what? It's not like it's a laughable thing because everybody's no. like, oh, man, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah everybody's God, looking, I feel so bad for that person. It's a good reminder to yeah. everybody who's about to shoot. Yeah, what target am I on? <laughs> which, which, am I top or bottom? Bottom or top? Yep. Yeah. But, but that's what's fun. I mean, again, you, you can just have fun with archery. There's, I mean, you can do aerial tag. You can go up to Wild River Archery and do some aerial tag if you want to. Rent out some time and do that.
0: Wait, they've got the they've got the boat, the uh, yeah. tag.
1: Yeah. They Th- do. The, yeah. They've got the you can uh rent out the area and you can bring up some peeps and go have fun. With the big yeah. blow up obstacles yeah, they got, and they've yeah. got that? Yes. Oh yeah, dude. give Andy a code. <laughs> bit Wild River Archery, North Branch, of Minnesota. But uh yeah, it's fun. So I mean there and then also too, you <laughs> can actually shoot aerial targets like outdoor, which is kind of cool too. Like if you go to the Minnesota Game Fair. They have that out there. You can do that yeah. if you've never done that. Oh, wait. So Wild River, they've got that. They don't have like the... the... It's tag. Tag tree. Where you shoot each other. Yes. So where oh, you okay. Shoot each yeah, other. okay. Yeah. Okay. The aerial thing is... They've got that too? Yeah. No, they don't. Not oh, the no. Like I'm sorry. Maybe maybe yeah. A okay. Side. But yeah, if you wanted to do it for sure as an annual thing, I know that they have that as the aerial stuff. Yeah, Game They're Fair. Every, every year I'm there, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Then I'm not doing it. Yeah. I never have either. It's like I'm always busy running around doing some other stuff and it's, oh, oh end of the show. Okay. I yeah. got a bolt, I guess.
0: I'm always so. there with buddies and there. I was like, oh, you're really a good shot. Why don't you do it? And I'm like, because mm, <laughs> I don't want to prove to you I'm not that good of a shot. <laughs> Like, yeah, I can kill a deer at 30 yards, but I don't know if I can hit a flying disc at 10 feet. Uh, it's moving.
1: It, you know what? If you've, sh- just, you've shot you just trap, gotta, it's not that. You just got to
0: guess, you know,
1: wherever it stops, shoot. Yeah, exactly. Slightly below it because it's going to yeah. start dropping. <laughs> it's like bow fishing. Shoot below it. Yes. Yep. Because the refraction of the water. A yeah. lot of people don't know that too. Oh, um, bow fishing. That's a blast. I haven't done oh. it. I got all my stuff, my, you know, bow fush fishing gear, but I I don't have the boat and the buddies that I used to to go with and stuff basically kind of sold and moved on, but that's a blast. Yeah. That's so much fun. After I stopped guiding, I haven't done it.
0: That kind of same happen. thing. I don't know anybody with a boat that's close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to make a trip to you know two hours away to go bow fishing. Yeah, whatever. There's
1: some big ones out there. I mean, it's amazing. Um, Giants. Oh, they just you know forty plus pounds. It's like go to good me- Lord. go to Medicine Lake. I saw the, I've seen a
0: 40 pounder in real life and I saw the biggest carp of my entire life at Medicine Lake and Jeez. I would have shot him, but there was somebody standing on the dock. Ugh. It came out, up, out from this dock and this guy that doesn't like bow fishing came out of yeah, the dock. Yeah. Occupied it, structure can't legally take the shot. And this nope, thing, nope. I'm not kidding you, 50 pounds. Oh, yeah, that's huge. We b- both of us were standing up front, me and this other guy, and we both were like, "Oh my god, here it comes!" And I look over and I see a guy start walking the dock. I go, "Can't shoot, can't shoot, can't shoot, do not shoot." Yeah, occupied structure. He goes, "What?" I go, "Look, occupied structure." As the swim, as the fish swims away, the oh. thing was giant. And yeah, it that, made me sick. Of course, he big. comes down, starts yelling at us. I go, turn to the guy with me, I go, mm. eh, "Just ignore him." Yeah, let's not even it's, get into it. He's a
1: pain in the butt. Yeah, well, and I, I you know, and it's. That's just like, um, you know, asking for permission on, you know, different hunting grounds. I've had my butt chewed a couple of times, just asking permission. And basically what that boils down to, they had a bad experience and yes. uh, it only takes one to put that bad taste in their mouth. And I can, I can empathize with that because... You know, and I've even apologized, even though it's like I just asked. And then they go through the whole explorative of, well, you know, I had these guys out here and they cut my fences and left yeah. gates open. And it's like, you know, I'm so sorry. That's that's not what we're all about. You know, unfortunately, that was a a circumstance that really isn't the norm. You know, I, I'm the type of person. I mean, I've been lucky enough to to get different properties in different states that I know that I'm not doing that rancher or farmer really any good. Other than being an inconvenience. That's the way I always exactly. think about yeah. this. Because people ask, well, how do you get permission? It's like, well, don't go in there with this attitude of, well, I'm doing a, you a big favor. You're don't, not. Don't ever do that. <laughs> not, with, not with deer anyway. No. Different no. animals, d- turkey,
0: maybe a little bit. If there's a lot of them. Yeah. Because they do actually affect crops. Sure. The geese and ducks. But deer? No, we're just, we just want to kill deer on your property because you got good land
1: (laughs) yeah we and it's over the years as people you know i've basically told them just don't go with that attitude you know and don't ask them you know two days before the season opens you know go out there you know months in advance introduce yourself tell them who you are where you live Mm -hmm. where because apparently you know exactly where they live and who they are and you know they've got all their equipment and and they don't have time so just be very professional in that, or just be respectful. It's like someone coming to your house. You can kind of flip, flip the script. You know, if someone comes to your house, even though you don't have land or whatever, but they come to you, Hey, I want to trample. I want to go all over in your house here and just, you know, make myself at home. It's like, well, dude, I don't know you.
0: Right. (laughs) You know? so Yeah. You get, well, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, so this guy's going to come onto my property. I've got all these animals, you know, if he's got, Mm -hmm. you know, cows or whatever, I've got equipment all over the place. He's got a lot of money, a lot of property, a lot of things. You're a complete stranger, mm-hmm. and now you're asking to hmm, pretty much do what you want well, on this true, property. Yeah, and that's so,
1: and that's you know, and I, I always go to the, you know, I always ask, hey, do you need any help this summer or whatever? No yes. one's ever taken me up on it, you know, which that's great because I sling hay. Lifting hay bales and the you know.
0: Oh, I, I sling ooh. hay. I sling hay on a property for, uh, for th- a guy. It's all good to, to be able to goose and duck hunt.
1: You know, well, you got to give to get, right? Exactly. And at least make the effort, you know, and that's where this past year um, uh, in Illinois, we've been on this piece of ground now. This is our sixth year and um, reached out to the landowner after I had left because I I left earlier because I was lucky enough to harvest right away. I stayed there for a few more days, though, but I wasn't able to bump into him. He's a super nice guy. And I texted him, you know, thanks so much. And I'm in Wisconsin right now. I'm trying to locate a buck for my wife, and just wanted to say thank you for, you know, letting... Me and the guys come here every year, and this and the other, and and uh, you know he just was self-reflective. He goes, "I wish everybody was like you guys, because I I would I would think I need to pay you guys to come out here." So that, I mean, how that wow. was just really awesome. That you know, because you always wonder, you know, I don't want to get in the way, or and and like I go, hey, my keys are here in my vehicle, and we I know where we're supposed to go, but if you run into an emergency situation, you're out here working the field. My truck is right there. Here's the keys. Yeah, here's the code of the door to get in. Uh, my side-by-sides over the keys in it if you need to use it go ahead y- they kind of look at you like you're nuts but it's like i get it yeah i totally get it you're I, trusting me and your property here's I do not to want to intrude impose any type of dismay for you i know you're busy you're hustling you're getting your crops off you're moving your cattle there's no time to be well now i got to track down frank yeah Move your you know, truck, which he's Frank. out. You know, he's maybe he's uptown right now, going to get something to eat. So now it might be an hour or two delay. They don't have time for that. I don't, and I always put myself in a situation. I don't want to impose on them. And where are the property lines? Right. I do not want to go somewhere I should not be. Use a Big no no. I've got that hunt stand app. Okay. Um, but I think I kind of found that that was a little off this year especially in Illinois. So I I may may need to look at a different On on Onyx is pretty good. Yeah. Onyx is real good. It tells you
0: if you, you know, pay for the membership. I mean, it'll tell you, you know, state land, private land with the names. Yeah. We use it when we're goose and duck scouting. Mm -hmm. That way we come up to a property. Okay. Who owns this property? If there's a house on there. Okay, cool. It's the Johnsons. Mm -hmm. So we can walk up and go, Hey, you know, Mr. Johnson, my name is such and such. We see some, you know, like blah 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 like Mm -hmm. hunt yeah um yeah it tells you like i said state land this that and the other it's really good and it's pretty dang accurate as far as boundary lines i mean Mm -hmm. you can zoom in really really far yeah so yeah the whole trespassing thing is a yeah kind of a nerve there's no excuse for it these days (laughs) no there isn't with things like onyx and gps's and you Mm -hmm. know there's no excuse
1: well my whole thing is i know what i do to put myself in situations where I can see, you know, the caliber animal that I'm, that I would like to harvest. So I don't want to step over the fence and screw that up for somebody who puts the exact amount of same time in that I do. I mean, last year I had a Boone and Crockett at 20 yards, but it was on the wrong side of the fence. I haven't had a Booner that close in quite some time. I mean, he was definitely in a one nineties and he was a 10, just a flat out, Ten beautiful ten point. I mean, probably twenty inch inside spread, big, huge, sweeping. The well, go back. I've been fortunate enough to harvest a Boone and Crockett buck, which is nice. Different caliber of animals. There's Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young. How big? Seven. uh, He was one eighty two, in change, and he netted out one seventy five in change.
0: Nice.
1: Um, But he was like spitting image of that buck, and that was back in two thousand three. So when I saw him, I did a calling sequence. And it was probably like five, 10 minutes later. And I, I, I just was in my stand and I turned my head to the left and he's just standing there, just kind of looking through this draw that goes up to the the field edge, which I'm in the field edge on the field edge that goes in this pick, uh, cornfield. And I just was, I had immediate flashbacks of that looks like my buck on the wall. That I harvested. <laughs> but, and then I'm kind of like nitpicking a little bit. It's like, well, he's framed out a little bit wider and my. My buck that I have on the wall has got 27 inch long main beams, and the G3s are 13 inches. And I'm uh, looking at him like, wow, he's real comparable. He's a little wider. He's probably a little bit heavier. Um, so I figured he was in that 190 class. So it was kind of now it was the game of, you know, got to get him on the right side of the Jeez. fence. So we played Cat and Mouse for about 15 minutes. Yeah, you know, I had him interested, but just ran out of daylight too on top of it. But mm. it, it it's amazing when you see some, I mean, I get to see some great animals, um, but when that true giant walks out, you're just like, oh, that's <laughs> knees are shaking. And I was, I was after I got down from the truck or down from my stand and got out of there and I was in the truck, I was still shaking. Yeah. It was just like, wow, that's so cool. It's just, oh, yeah. it, and that's something I want everybody to encounter just to see, you know, a really good mature white tail buck different mannerisms are just a different build their racks are different they're just it's their presence is just they've been around the you block doing? man oh yeah they're they just know a, what's up it's a cool cool they know, encounter they know what's
0: up they're not dumb they've been around the block they know what time of year it is mm-hmm. and most yeah. of the time
1: well that's the only time you're going to see them <laughs> and mo- most of the time they slip up they know you're there <laughs> yeah yeah they do yeah they do yeah but um yeah those encounters are ugh, far and few but and you know, that's funny. You said it was at twenty yards. Yeah. It's one of those
0: things where <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of situations where if you you know, you you talk to the neighbor if you know him well or whatever. Mm-hmm. You yeah. go, Oh yeah, I said it had this here, you know, da da da, 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 da. you, know, Well, why didn't you shoot him?
1: <laughs> you know? Well, depending <laughs> on the
0: guy. Depending on the guy. Some guys yeah. will go, thank God he didn't shoot him. No, I got him running around. Yeah. But some guys will go, well, oh, you should have shot him. Then you go, Oh so it's like, you almost don't even want to mention
1: that to the neighbor. <laughs> yeah, no. Just well, to... and that's, what's cool though, is that like, um, they do a lot of you know deer management stuff. They do put a lot of effort into it too. So, and again, that's the reason why it's like, I don't want to step over that fence or be yeah. that trespasser or have any of those situations, but getting back to the shooter shot at, the, I was in Nebraska this year and I, I, I go out there to hunt mule deer, the landowner. Um, uh, he is. It's a family owned, uh, ranch, uh, generational and um, he's, he loves whitetail. So I'm like, dude, I don't want to do the whitetail thing, but you know, I want to chase these mule deer around and, uh, you know, he's even said in the past, dude, you can, you can shoot whatever you want. I'm like, well, uh, you know. uh, I'm here for muleys. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually there. I'm hunting. And I even had to think I had a post. Uh, on facebook i was in a ground blind super cool when you see them on the ground too when they come out but i had six bucks come out evening sit uh, picture perfect wind laid down it's just kind of calm out and all of a sudden i could hear something to my left and the deer bucks start filing out there was a half rack that was uh he was a uh, half rack on the right full five on the left and he just he kind of went out and he had an eye guard and then after the eye guard it just went straight up and it was probably like 12 inches kind of a cool buck um that's another, another year, shot yeah yep. something another year or two boy he's gonna really look cool um but then this eight pointer come out and he's 130 inch eight pointer and he's you know 25 yards standing there and i'm like a decent eight. So yeah, and he comes walking over, and he's and he's four and a half, five, four and a half year old deer. I drew back, and I'm aiming on him, and I'm like, no. And I, I watch him. He goes right through, and they're doing a little ruckus, and they jump the fence and stuff. And I'm like, God, oh, it was so cool. You know, how neat is that? You yeah. know, bachelor group come in like that, and like they and, like they interact. do it on TV. Yeah, it's just it's hey. magical. It's uh, they're they're accurate. So then I. I left and of course I check with him check in with him periodically and I said, Ah, you know, I call him, I said, Uh, oh, I got tempted tonight, you know, and he's like, Oh, what up? you know, and I explained to him what was going on. He was familiar with that one buck, the the half rack, and and I said, Yeah, I it was at full draw on he goes, Why don't you shoot him? <laughs> I'm like, well, I know we've talked about this in the past, but he goes, no, dude, you can. And of course, Shoot him. the thing is, you never see it again. Right. <laughs> that was that yep. every time. Oh yeah. So, but that's all good because I actually I ran into a, a much a really dandy four by four that was probably he had to be pushing 180. Oof. And I was on him, and I I stalked. I went covered six and a half miles at one day, and I had him. I was on him three different times, but it was like literally like three quarters of a mile, all of a sudden he would materialize and be looking at me and then move off. I'm like, he knew oh you were goodness, there. This dude. Th- <laughs> this is crazy. Cause I kept just bumping him and just yeah. bumping it. I'm like, but it was such a far distance too. like, how did you do that? But then of course he would just tease me and go into the next draw. So then I'd have to hustle, go all the way around and do yeah. all this. But that's, what's cool. Though. I mean, it, when the thing was standing on the, on the side of the the cliff over there, he looked like an elk. I mean, it was just, you yeah. know, just mangus looking and they're in velvet too. Oh, you go out still... there when they're in velvet, <sighs> I go right at the beginning and yeah, he's nice. That is so cool. I've yet to, uh, I, I, my goal is, a you know, a Pope and young or better on the, on the mule deer. I've come close, but, and I've, I've had so many cool encounters, but it's just that little bit of lady luck that I needed. It's something about the, the mule deer that just kind of keep evading me on that, on hey, the
0: bigger side of it. I got a couple buddy or, uh you know, buddy and his old man that we're kind of thinking about it. Two years, kind of a DIY mule mm-hmm. deer hunt type of deal. Because mm-hmm. so I've yet to
1: shoot one. So you
0: ever shoot? A, cool. Have you ever shot a velvet deer? Yes, I've shot oh, okay. two now.
1: Damn it! Yeah. I it's don't cool. even have that on you. Yeah, you know, that's cool. I I haven't shot a whitetail velvet though. Oh, you haven't? No. Yay! <laughs> I got Frank on something. <laughs> Mike's. Yeah, I'll show the, you later. They're out there too. I was actually I actually crawled past. Uh, it was this was three years ago? Yeah, I was spotted some, probably like a 150 class um, muley with two other satellite bucks with them. This is a bachelor group. And there was a whitetail and it was all this like tall CRP stuff out there. So I was, I was crawling through there and I actually, you know, I'm doing the little, little, you know, prairie dog, you know, trying to look <laughs> and make sure everything's yep. on, wind's yep. right. And I look over to my right and there's about a hundred and 135 inch 10 pointer whitetail that's there at about 20 yards and i'm like oh nope down periscope and i just kept going on you know it's like i i'm like i've never shot a velvet whitetail but you know but that wasn't the deal so yeah. tally ho move on and then also too if you do go out to nebraska or any of the other states that are early that have rattlesnakes to heed the warning um. i come across those Oh really? Yeah, I I was I ran into uh, two gentlemen from Illinois that hunted last year. They were successful, and then I I just was like, you guys be careful out there. You know, there's rattlesnakes. You come across them, and there's also bull snakes that look like rattlesnakes, and they'll actually mimic the noise that yeah, a rattlesnake heard, will make I, yep, too. Yeah, i heard of those. Yeah, not cool. Freak me right out. <laughs> no, are they poisonous? <laughs> no. Oh, not the bull snake! Oh, so they're just but being they look jerks. Little, Yeah, they hey, are. They're like, like playing you. How you 10. doing?
0: I'm a rattlesnake. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, wait. No, you're not. You bastard. Mm-hmm. Making all the noise. And I have shot one with my bow out there. Seven rattles on it. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. And I'm and I'm out. I go up by myself. So I drive from Minnesota, and I'm out in the middle of nowhere. By yourself with Rattlesnakes, do you have an EpiPen? (laughs) No, I don't. No, I don't. I have a phone, but it's like I'd be pretty much done. Yeah. I mean, where I'm at in the hospital and stuff. You're going to
0: do the Tim Wells when he
1: speared himself video? That was crazy.
0: uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I just got bit by a Rattlesnake. (laughs) I love everybody. (laughs) It's getting colder.
1: He's a neat guy.
0: If you ever get a chance to talk Uh, to him. I haven't met Tim. Oh, he's a wild man. No, I haven't met Tim. I just want to know how much of that stuff is real. He is... I know, like, when he gets in fights with people on the show, that's all fake as hell. That's just... Oh, yeah. That's fake. Like, did he actually spear himself? Because there are some people who are saying he didn't. It's all made I up. would think he
1: did. You know what? I'm going to go to ATA, and if I happen to see him, I'll ask him to say, Tim, man.
0: Yeah, make so him show you the scar. you're
1: either a really good actor, or you did spear yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't he know. Also, he would drop his trowel, though, and he, show oh, yeah, that's you. Kind, he, that's, yeah, that's kind of him. Yeah. But he's a, he's a good guy. He's a... He's 24-7. He's always out there hunting something. Yeah. Running around. He's quite an instinctive shooter. Dude, the guy Big shoots type. pigeons and ducks out of the air with a mm-hmm. bow. You think you're a good bow
0: fisherman out there? You guys think you can, you can shoot a carp that's 30 pounds underwater at four feet? Yeah, shoot a duck at 30 feet flying 14 he's miles that, an hour. He's got, ridiculous. He's
1: got that video footage of him shooting a bumblebee. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> It was crazy great. Was that, was, <laughs> was that when he was like on the deck, or was when that he when he was it.
0: out? Was he out hunting when he did that, or was I think it was inside like the house or yeah. something? I thought
1: that was yeah. where it was at. <laughs> but he's beer. got such natural ability when it comes to that. But no, getting back to the guys that I met from Illinois. I told oh yeah, him about yeah. that, we exchanged numbers, and later that afternoon, he texted me. You're not gonna believe this. Rattlesnake crawled up on it. I'm just now changing my shorts. <laughs> I was going to say, did he get bit? So I was laughing, you know. And so yeah. then we checked in. Uh, I said, okay, cool. Glad you're okay. Blah, 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 blah. So then it was like two days later, checked in with him. Hey, how's it going, you guys? And, you know, the weather's kind of got weird. It was rainy and foggy. It was it was really a weird year this year. It was super foggy most of the days, mornings. So, which, you know, for spot and stock, that makes it really hard yeah. to uh, spot and stock. You can't see more than 200 yards, but... <laughs> Um, so I checked in with him, he says, You're not gonna believe this, another asking. Call and you're crawling through things, so it's I'm very like <sighs> aware of my surroundings when I'm yeah. going out there. And then another thing that I didn't know, <laughs> but I found this out years ago when I was I don't first think I'm ever gonna there. go do
0: this. He's no, scaring it's, me, it's, people. It He's it is, scaring he, me.
1: You know, it's a low percentage. <laughs> yeah, except but, uh, those guys are oh, guess what happened again today? Well, and then you'll be walking <laughs> around out there and now I'm, like, really looking down before I walk yeah. and then trying to, you know, of course, pay attention to what's around me, too, like, animal-wise, other than, is there a snake in front of <laughs> me? Am I like going to step on a snake? So, so now I see something circular in the weeds in front of me, like, four yards. I'm like, oh, I got another rattlesnake, you know? And I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, well, what is that? And I'm kind of looking. They have desert turtles out there. Oh, really? Yes. And because... I'm like, it's a turtle. Wait, this is in Nebraska? Nebraska. It's a, It's got a high dome. It's basically a type of desert turtle because there's no water. There's like zero water other than the, in the cattle troughs. Hmm. So they must get it off the dew in the morning. Could be. But yeah, I had, I had of course, asked my buddy out there. I'm like, do uh, you guys realize you got turtles? Out? Oh, yeah, they're all over the place out here. <laughs> I'm like... You know, they look a lot like a coiled up small baby <laughs> rattlesnake, which have the most venom in them because they don't know how to regulate it when they bite you.
0: Oh, that's... So are yeah, the most I for, dangerous. I forgot about that. The yeah, older yeah, ones yeah, aren't yep.
1: as bad. Yeah, because... Oh, okay, now I've got another rattlesnake story for you out there. Now I went, okay, uptown. Gonna, I hope nobody listening is scared of snakes because well, they might I, all just turn it off. I went into the cafe in town, sitting at the table. Uh, two gals, uh, probably in their sixties. I was chatting with them. I was having a little breakfast. Two other gentlemen come in. They sit on the other side of me at another table. All of a sudden, they're kind of looking by the door, looking by the entry, looking and oh, looking no. and looking. And all of a sudden, they get up, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" They said, "Oh yeah, there's a rattlesnake in the door jam." All it wants is a piece of pie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It was in the. It was probably about I don't know. Eight inches long. Oh, just a little baby one? Yeah. Oh, no. And it was stuck in... It made its way up in the door jam. So the the one guy kicked the door, it fell down, and then they put the boot to it. I'm like, I can't even go in town and eat without coming across a rattlesnake.
0: (laughs) Make sure you check the toilet before you sit down.
1: Oh, dude, I do. I look all (laughs) over the place. I seriously do. Well, it's like uh, my
0: my grandparents, or my grandpa now, lives in Reno, mm -hmm. and... Um, there's rattlesnakes out there, but he's not worried about that. But if you, where the seat, where the hidden key is for the house, yeah. there's always a black widow spider there. Ugh. Always. I've killed it before and it's come back.
1: It's respawned.
0: I'm t- telling there's you. Going. So he lives on a golf course. So we've got the golf cart out there and all that stuff. And I'll, I bring my golf equipment inside sometimes. Because I'm like, I'm going to reach into a pocket, into my shoes, something like that. He's like, yeah, just make sure you bang your shoes out before you put them on. I'm like, bang them out, check them, flood them.
1: Yep. So, yeah. Well, and and out there, you know, because I'll I'll call them, hey, how are the rattlesnakes doing this year? Because they're farming and stuff. Yeah. And, of course, they're more where the crops are because that's where the rodents come. Right, 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 right. But that's where the deer come. So, (laughs) where are you hunting mostly? You're trying to hunt those crop edges or... Or with the draws going down at the top of the draws, you'll the find heat. them coiled up there too. Because there's heat up there. There was one that, that was humongous. I, the, that was my first encounter out there. Man, my heart was just racing. How close did you get to it? I was, oh, what, four yards? you that box, maybe like three and a half, four yards before I saw it. And they don't just mm. all rattle. None of these rattled before I saw them. Right? Of course not. Of course not, yeah. Of course not. So you just. Uh, that thing was like the size of a cow patty. The one with the the rattle that I had, the seven rattles was half that. Oof. Yeah, I was like, eh. That's a big one. So I've I've gotten some gators and stuff like that, but dude, I'm I'm, I'm like <laughs> Mike. I'm like the Matrix. I'm gritting around <laughs> me where I'm going and trying to plot my course. Because you it's... need like
0: uh, thermal vision glasses, well, so yeah. you can just pay attention to that and then. Then pull them down before you see it. You
1: know when you look for deer because that's legal. Yeah, but well, uh, some people are more magnets to things than others. Yeah. So there's, oh, I've never seen one out on here. It's like, <laughs> well, I know guys that walk with me. I'll show you some. I know guys that have all the
0: turkeys, mm-hmm. except for the Osceola, uh, Osceola or the one in the one in Florida. Even the Gould. Yeah, they really? have all of them, but the one in Florida is it oscil- oscil- oscillated? Oscillated? Is it? That- Osceola. Well, Osceola. Osceola. Osceola turkey is yeah. in Florida, yeah. Yeah, because Osceola
1: is in Brazil or something, isn't it? Mexico.
0: That's the, okay. that's the one that looks like a weird yeah, chicken that's...
1: Really beautiful oh, fan, but the face on it's kind of... Yeah, it's an ugly face, but... Got hit with the ugly stick. <laughs> <those sticks. laughs>
0: it's a face only its mother could love. <laughs> yeah. But we, it's like a peacock. It's like a chicken peacock yeah. or something. yep. But anyway, so I know guys that have every single turkey that you could possibly shoot except for the Osceola because they are scared of snakes. Yeah,
1: in they have
0: cotton moles and stuff yep, down there. Florida is known for snakes.
1: And alligators too, I think. So Yeah, but they're not gonna creep
0: not. into your into your blind. <laughs> you know. No. I got a buddy he he went hunting down there once for turkeys and he gets into his blind, you know, double bowl or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> he's in there before light comes up. And, you know, so it's dark and sun comes up and he's you know, whatever, waiting. And he happens to just look behind him and back up. Like in the corner is a snake wrapped around uh, <laughs> wrapped around yeah. the poles. He goes, you should have seen how far I flipped. that." He took the whole blind, flipped it up behind him, and was like, nope, I'm done for the day. Yeah. I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, that's, well, in Africa, too. No, that know. place, everything wants to kill you. Because they have the ground blinds. So a lot of them, they're underground. You know, underground yeah. So they'll get stuff that. Yeah. Comes into their blinds. Well, they're larger, though. They're, it's, it's almost like a 10 by 12 type of operation going on there. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> everything kills you there. There's yes. tarantulas and all these weird spiders. And uh, and those are huge. I mean, you got cobras and stuff, man.
0: Right. Well, everything wants to kill you there. Black mambas. Even the pretty giraffe will kill the of you.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd oh. Smack you right yeah. up, man. Everything will kill you. Doesn't matter if it's good looking or not, and there's thorns on everything, and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's really fun. Okay, so since we're talking about big deer,
1: yes, oh, yeah, we want to
0: touch it's on great. the let's do the Minnesota Master Angler. We didn't t- do that, uh, Evan Devine, the Minnesota Master Angler, put on by the Minnesota Museum of uh, and Fishing Hall of Fame, um, on August 16th. Now, he looks like a young um, teenager, yeah. something like that, teenager. Um, out of Bryant Lake, down there near uh, Eden Prairie, he caught a 41-inch pike that weighed 30 pounds six ounces, and he released nice. it. Nice, nice, wow, that'd have been yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. I caught this fish after it was all. It had already broke me off. <laughs> I retied as fast as I could and hooked it again. Oh Lord! Since there were rocks near shore, we had to wait in the water to get it. It had all the line around its teeth, so I was lucky to land him. And his wow. witness was Zach Marino.
1: That is pretty cool. Yep.
0: Now, you know what the master angler thing is? No, I don't. I'm not enough familiar. Well, since you don't know, and if you guys haven't heard me talk about this before, the Minnesota uh, Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame, they do a master angler award. And what that is, is we'll go to qualifying fish. If you catch, say, a largemouth bass that is 21 inches long, or you keep it, and you got to release it for the length. And if you keep it and it weighs at least five pounds, seven ounces, mm-hmm. you get a uh, master angler. Oh, cool um and then uh they give you here i'll go down here we will just take this one you get that little certificate which you can print out or whatever cool it's yeah. i guess this is a great way to promote catch and release catch and release or whatever this guy here well this one here eight pound bass wow and the state record's like 8.2 whoa dude <laughs> he was close to the state That's record a big old bucket yeah. mouth. Wow. And, look at, and he harvested it yeah because it's now on his wall
1: I've yeah. done the same yeah. thing. I'm yeah. going to lie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they got it and they've got it for uh all basically all the fish everywhere. Cool. In, in Minnesota all the different kinds of fish. And then if you catch um one you get a master angler. Mm-hmm. Three different species in a year that qualify you get expert and then if you do five in a year, grandmaster.
1: That's really cool. So, yeah,
0: it's just something to, you know, give yourself a little
1: what sense of accomplishment? Goal, yeah. yeah,
0: I'm actually going for the the grandmaster. Oh, I'm gonna grand try. To, I'm gonna try. And, oh, how are y'all? We <laughs> uh, you go for grandmaster. Uh, oh, go yes. to your dojo. Uh, yes, yes. We gonna do grandmaster. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do it in a day. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I came up with that. I think on the second podcast. I'm gonna do Attaboy. it in a day. At the very most, a weekend, like Saturday, Sunday. But I'm gonna do it on one. Try to do one lake one day. Get all five,
1: kind of, kind of, and I'm gonna make them. You're, ca- you're kind of throwing her down, just kind of yep. saying I got a little bit of skill here, and I think I
0: can. Uh, Either I just hired the right guides for this
1: fish <laughs> that day, <laughs> or I went Let's to see the who's like, in the scuba yep, gear. Yep. Uh-huh. So if I, so if I do it,
0: if I do all five in a day, I'm gonna make them. I'm gonna call these guys up and go, look, we need like the Doug Master Award. Yeah, if they haven't had anybody well, do that
1: already, and you should videotape
0: it. Oh, it's gonna be. So all it's videotape. gonna be legit. But yes. then
1: you could. Have your own self proclaimed
0: award? Award? Why not? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell him. I'm like, you got to. You came Dug up Ma- with it. Yeah. If you didn't, why wouldn't it be? Right now, the Doug Master, If anybody does this, it's known as the Doug Master. I don't even have to I, do yeah. it because I came up with it. That's all copyrighted. Copyright, <laughs> trademarked, hashtag. Right here, I'm a witness. I need to hashtag it. Dougmaster <laughs> award. Uh, so yes. So congratulations. Um, hold on a second. We skipped. Where, who, who was that? Hold was on. It, was it Devin? I think so. Hold on. We're going to find him. We started talking about everything else.
1: Oh, there's a lot of people. A lot of interest. Oh, yeah. That's I'm awesome. in here. I'm in
0: Oh, look at it. Look at it I'm so I'm famous. Look at, look at that big old beautiful beard and that big walleye. <laughs> well, look where I caught it. Lake of the Woods. whoop dee Who yeah. <laughs> There's so That's many. That's pretty up there. God, I haven't you. been up
1: there in years. Oh, here we go.
0: Evan Devine. Yes, go. Congratulations, Evan Devine, on your 41-inch, 30-pound, 6-ounce Northern Pike. Dandy. Yes. Congrats. Yes, sir. All right, so this one's going to pique your interest. Dun, dun, dun. Now it's time for the news of
1: the week. Look at the character on that thing. Wow.
0: Yes. Illinois hunter bags 51-point non-typical buck. That's crazy. Now, apparently, um, only 30 of them are scorable, though. So I'm guessing Mm. just a bunch of nubs or something. It must be just
1: under an inch. Yeah. Is a... considered yep uh, scorable point so it has to be a buck. Yeah
0: fifty one point non typical buck. Uh Keith, here you try to say that last name. (laughs) I Zablowski? Zabluski? Yeah. Zablowski? Yeah. Yeah, Or sub is the Z silent? I'm sure or is the S silent.
1: I'm sure we're just totally wrecking his last Sorry, name. Keith. Sorry, Keith, yeah. Nice
0: yeah. buck, but your last name, man. Huh? I proved Sorry. how well I could read
1: earlier. Pashkermar? <laughs> 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 whatever that was, yeah. It's really Trout. long, too, you guys. Yeah. It was really long. Yeah, so... Uh, but 51-pointer, yeah. and see, that's what's cool. I mean, every buck is different. I mean, you have your... Characteristics that are kind of the same, but you get some stuff that's just crazy like this. These yeah. all, and it's neat if if you get a chance to go out to to look. I don't know if you can you give the link out, but um, yeah, we're the, on.
0: Uh, hold on a second. This is just on the Outdoor News website. Um, it's on the Minnesota site. It's on the Illinois. It's on all of them, so you can.
1: find Yeah, it. and it's on the. Just look up 5128. Yep. Version. Yep. But it's cool because at the top of every one of the tines. It's just all blown out. It's it's like someone took a like a firecracker in there and blew him up an M eighty, and he's got all yeah. these cool fragged parts. Well, kind of kinda like tines.
0: It's kind of like one, two, three, four, five. It's probably like an eight pointer,
1: right? And then the ends just blossom out into yeah. this neat configuration of like, and they're just like Oop. it almost looked like a, a old medieval mace. Yeah, with the end basically on it, all the
0: stickers on it. Yeah, it's a cool deer.
1: Oh, that's wow! Imagine like
0: seeing that thing coming in. I couldn't imagine it i mean
1: it's <laughs> just be like in uh, awe like uh, oh yeah i can hunt this and right i can actually have an opportunity to harvest it's i'm just
0: tremendous. hoping that thing came would come in for me like my my one upstairs did i just knew it was the biggest deer i was ever going to shoot by the amount of white i saw above its head so i quit looking well <laughs> i just looked at the body and i said i'm going to shoot right there and that's what
1: happened there's a lot of people that yeah especially for your first starting out um, in archery, your first buck harvest that it's, it's good to, okay, if that's the animal that you're going to harvest, stop looking at the rack. Yep. Literally now start looking at a specific spot on that animal, you know, preferably in the kill zone, right behind the shoulder, pick out a blem and just fixate on that because that's where you want the arrow to go. Everybody's done it. My first buck that I, that I harvest or that I shot at, um, I did the old Chuck Adams how-to guide when he first came out with the plaid uh shirt and the jeans that he was still using and <laughs> um developed or t- tried to learn some bow hunting techniques. Um and I sat on a cornfield edge where there's a little clump of woods that was in the middle of the field and I saw the buck coming was early in the morning. He came right down, he turned um he went another 10 yards and he was going to bed down so he was kind of Figuring out how he's going to bed down. And uh, he he paused. I was at full draw. I'm sitting on the ground and I shot and I sent it right through his rack because that's right where I was looking. Imagine that. And I hit the popple tree, or there's a little some brush in the back, of the tree, and I snapped it and he ran off. Thank God I didn't hit him, you know, but that was quite an education for me. So that whole. Don't look at the rack. If you know you're going to harvest the animal, start looking at the spot you want to harvest that, you know, you shot put it through the kill zones. Through the rack. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just right on through. Do I have permission to <laughs> laugh at you, sir? Oh, yeah. No. No, that's, <laughs> that's funny. That was, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I just was in dis, dismay yeah. that I missed. Well, like, throw it was right there. Throw a baseball.
0: Yeah. If I'm looking right. at you, I'm going to hit you more, more likely than I am if I right. look at something else. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's really strange. If you're casting for fishing. Sure. Yeah. Look at your target. Yep. Especially if you're, you're pitching goes. jigs and whatnot, you're going to hit your target if you're looking at your target. Eye-hand coordinational skills.
1: <laughs> yeah, weird, right?
0: Huh. And, uh-huh. and where does that all come in play? Uh, practice. Yes.
1: Yeah. Practice so it's just a rhythm. It's systematic. You don't think about it. You just do it. Yep. And of course, I was new. That was my first, you know, right. You know. that was with the, you know, uh, whitetail uh, or Alaska white or the whitetail uh fred bear bow and nice and, uh, yeah i totally blew it it was amazing i couldn't get that bow to really shoot at 20 yards but got it shot really well at 30 yards really didn't know anything about tuning back then oh oh you just found the distance <laughs> yeah i can it, shoot it from here yeah, really it, good it
0: shoots really well at this well if something's closer. at 20
1: i guess it's gonna just walk by yeah it's uh yeah it's neat but wow that, that buck is it's tremendous. cool yeah that is 51 points Yeah, he's got to be smiling for now until eternity.
0: And it was checked out by the DNR. Yep. Yep. Illinois Conservation Police Officer Justin Summers. Thank you for doing your job, sir. Mm -hmm. Inspected the deer and confirmed the harvest. So, yeah. Apparently, he's been chasing this one for four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice history. Yep. And then uh, read more about this deer nicknamed Ski Buck 51.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Ski yeah. buck fifty
0: one in the no- December in the December fourteenth issue of Illinois Outdoor News. Hmm. Yeah. Someday. It's fun. I'll if, uh, shoot one that's half that size.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, not even half
0: that points, but just half that size.
1: I do get people that ask, you know, you know, why do you hunt out of state? Um, this. It, well, yeah. Why. There's. It's situation based, right? You want to put yourself in uh, key situations to be successful. That's what anything that you want to do or be the best at. Um, I, I started, I cut my teeth here in Minnesota, of course, gun hunting. And then I graduated over into bow hunting. And, um, as my knowledge base grew, um, with whitetail, of course, my dad's an avid hunter. He introduced me to hunting. He's actually quite, quite a houndsman. Um, and then I got to know Wayne Kruger, um, Known Wayne for years, him and his sons Dan and Joe. Uh, Wayne is it, Wayne is the type of guy that you could literally put him in a parking lot, in a telephone pole, and he's gonna find a Pope and Young to, to shoot. He's
0: oh, just, he's got he's, he's got the really horseshoe. Good.
1: Yeah, he's he's really good. So I mean, he showed me a lot over the years, and <clears throat> I actually hunt with these guys. Been going out there to Illinois since 1998, uh, and it was Wayne and I that first went out. But he showed me a lot, you know, with how to locate why and where and. Situation based on what to do. Of course, the peak of the rut—that's prime time. You need to be in the woods, right? From you know, basically the—I've always had a lot of success at right around November sixth. That's like you will find me in a tree somewhere. <clears throat> so, especially Midwest, you know, area. But Illinois, always going back till I'm six feet under. I will always be in Illinois <laughs> every fall. Yeah. um But you, let's see. You know, I'm actually lost my train of thought. But the whitetail thing, I've learned a lot uh, from Wayne. Um, stand placement, um, you know, how to conceal yourself, the wind. There's all these little things that you that you'll gain with knowledge. But with Minnesota, I would find that <clears throat> I would have to hunt ten times harder in Minnesota than when I would go to another state. And it was it almost got to the point because I could I could locate the deer that I wanted to, to harvest, and And basically I, and and the big thing is I thought I had the land secured to hunt it either exclusively or with a couple other people that, you know, that I could work with and we could figure some things out for routines and stuff. Right. Um, and it, basically that would always change. There would either be some trespassing issues, which honestly, Minnesota is probably the worst state I've ever encountered that. Really? Which is kind of sad because I am a Minnesotan. Right. Um. Huh. And so with, with the amount of effort that I was putting in to have one encounter, um, with a buck that I was, that tripped my trigger that I wanted to harvest, um, took me a ton of time. So I basically just started kind of keeping a mental note of like, okay, so, and it was almost like you get so discouraged because it's like, what am I doing wrong? I know right. these deer are here, yep, but what am I doing wrong? So, should I be coming out earlier? Should I change my approach? Is the wind not right? I mean, the wind can only blow certain directions and I can only get in, so it's not rocket science that way. No. I, I know where they're bedding, I know where they're eating, I know where they're channeling their mode of transportation to get from said point A to point B at basically different time frames. Well, what's happening is there's other things happening with other intrusions with people. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like the neighbors your showing up on trail cam yeah, right well, in front yeah. of your stand. Or oh, and there's, I've and, had that
0: and the on the four wheeler. <laughs> he pulls up. I've got, I, I think I've still got the picture somewhere. Maybe not. You got The tra- 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 trail cam at the bottom of my stand in front of me is some minerals, mineral site. I got neighbor comes in from the left, drives mm-hmm. up to the mineral stand. The next picture is him standing up, looking down at it and then him backing away and going that way. Now I'm, only 30 yards from the Mm -hmm. from the border of the property Mm -hmm. but yeah he knows that's not his property so yeah yeah, things like that or all of a sudden
1: it's a key time to go out and like chop trees or
0: oh Wisconsin let's go back to Wisconsin and Dunn County (laughs) there I am and i it I just had the Facebook memory show up I think yesterday or the day before of it i do there like I am those you're like,
1: oh I remember that,
0: and his my <laughs> I'm on my buddy's property, and his neighbor doesn't like him, so anytime mm-hmm. he sees anybody walk out to the back to the back of the because we we're hunting basically the backyard it's time to go for a drive, oh, he's outside all of a sudden, there goes the garage door up, and I go, yep, here comes out the tractor, he's in the woods twenty thirty yards, chopping, sawing whatever, mm-hmm. Yeah, every single time. he. So we actually had to go like like further over onto the power line where he couldn't see come up and over. But the one stand is so wide open. I mean, I'm looking at the house. I'm looking at his house and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's a good deer spot because yeah. there's a little, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 And I was just making waiting for him to make <laughs> that one cr- critical mistake of actually saying something. Right. Or coming onto to this, our property. Right.
1: Then it would have been, well, hello, 911. I've got an intruder. And and the whole thing is, is just, you you just put the time in. So it was kind of like, I just did math of, because I would get like really starting to personalize, like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing wrong? So then I started hunting more out of state and having way more encounters um, with deer or whatever I was pursuing and then, you know, better quality animals that have, kind of want to target and, and kind of up the ante so to speak i mean I, if if i want to eat i'll shoot a doe and um, i try to let the bucks grow just mm-hmm. because i'm at that state in my my hunting i've right. planned, trust me i've shot plenty of spikes and four pointers and you know, well my rule that, is that's my... where i just got to where i'm at now that yeah. i'm like okay i'm gonna i want to do this i would like to yeah. shoot a and young animal or better that's where i'm at but you know if i'm hungry that doe look it's just as Right. better than that spike so
0: my rule is if it's <clears> not bigger than what i have on the wall now yeah it gets a pass yep unless it's some goofy
1: oh yeah freak thing. show, freak yeah. show a whole yes it could be thing. just so a couple
0: of bumps that come out yeah. but they're three like beer cans sitting on top of his
1: head yeah he's getting it all day every yeah. day i'll have a wall full of those things mm-hmm. and they're all trophies i mean we kind of yeah. were talking about this earlier before yeah. the, the we even started the show but they it's it's your own personal you know growth It's yeah. it's whatever you want to do you know and um, you know, I get, I've I've had that. Oh, you're just a trophy hunter. It's like, well, they're all trophies. We we talked about that, but yeah, don't don't knock me for trying to raise the bar, um, because that's where too, I'm right? at. Yeah, you're no, eating, absolutely. And yeah. and I love to see the history of that animal get to where it could be at its potential. That's really cool too. Well, yeah, and what, that's really what,
0: neat. You know, people are like, oh, you know, you're a trophy, you know, when it comes to bucks, you know, oh, you're a trophy buck hunter. Well, yeah, I want to shoot a big one. And wouldn't you want me to shoot that deer
1: when it's older mm-hmm. and... It's been mature, able to breed. It's, it's bred. It's, it's got a genetic line out there so yeah. that now you can and other people can have this magical experience to, just to see that.
0: Right. Instead of shooting it when it's one and a half years old like yeah, everybody in Minnesota does.
1: Yes. <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> 11 pointer. <laughs> Touchdown. The Minnesota yeah. 11. I it's to like So many out-of-stateers, they laugh at that. <laughs> wow, 11-pointers? I'm like, yeah, Minnesota 11-pointers. That's always we shoot out there. It's well, like, yeah. yes, you know, 11, give them the two fingers up. They're like, ah, yeah. spike buck. Spike. But, but no, and, it, and it's all about. Personal growth and development, and I mean, if 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 you're going out, you don't have a ton of experience. Yeah, harvest those animals, do yeah. that. But you know, don't get mad. Like I never see a big buck. It's like, well, you gotta let them go for in order for them to grow. And it's amazing at three years, if you kind of start just doing that, and especially if you get your neighbors on the same page, it's so cool. I mean, and that's my big thing is getting back to that. You know, you see a big, a mature buck, and to have that come in and have that. I mean, just to have that experience, let alone get one on the ground, it's totally different, but, um, it, it's so magical. It's just so neat. They're just a neat critter yep. to see on the hoof in front of you, 20 yards. It, it's just, I want everybody to have that experience. It's so cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I keep having the same conversations and saying the same things on every podcast, you know, mm-hmm. cause it, it's, you buy your tag, feel your tag. Yeah, I don't. It's care. Your tag, your tag. You can fill it with whatever you want, mm-hmm. but do not complain, like you just said, and I said on past podcasts. Yep. If you don't see any big deer, right? Because you're shooting them when they're young. Yep. You gotta let them go. Mm-hmm. You know, does taste good too.
1: Yeah. Oh, you absolutely.
0: Know, you don't <laughs> have to shoot a deer. You don't have to shoot a deer. You you don't. But you know, so fill your tag, mm-hmm. but don't complain if you don't see any big deer. Right. Because you're shooting them when they're small.
1: You didn't let them get to the potential. Right. And that's, uh, and it's really cool. I mean, I've been, you know, especially in Illinois, I've had a lot of great encounters because I, I target November's my time. That's where I'm at. <clears throat> um, You know, and then I, I work Wisconsin into that. And when I was hunting Minnesota at that time frame too, I just work around that. Just higher percentage of success for, you know, Quality big bucks is is that time frame, so that's where I'm going to be. Right. So if I harvest early, I'm going to definitely be going to those other ones. But it, it's 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 really cool, and I I, I really do wish that anybody puts their time in or just gets that encounter. It will just I, you you get it then. Yeah. You know, I mean it. It's to see. I I've witnessed two 150 inch deer throwing down. You know, I have filmed that too. You know, it was on the last day of a what was it 12 day hunt and it was the sun was setting and it was a picked bean field i had a decoy out and saw a doe come out from the other side of the field it was about 300 yards away big old 10 jumps a fence i'm like oh sweet you know it's gonna happen you know i'm kind of grunting making a little talking some smack basically to him and in, in deer language and he's wanting to come to me but the doe isn't wanting to so he's trying to get her to crawl her to come to me meanwhile i looked down to the other spot of the of this pick bean field which is where i'd my first year of hunting that property that's where i harvested my first uh illinois buck it was 140 inch 10 pointer so he came out from that corner so now he sees him they see each other all right now they come out they're out probably 300 yards from me, and they're doing their little circle dance thing. Hairs bristled up, ears are back. They're they're squaring each other up. Now they start to throw down. The dust is coming up off the ground. The sun's setting behind them, which is just, I'm like, this is like crazy. And I'm running the camera. And what was really cool about this whole thing is I look over, that dough. There's a little scrawny six pointer, and he's over there breathing. That <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> so that's where you get those. That, cent, that's why those century hey, bucks are always hanging. Hey, that, that boy was they're like, they're they're going to get huh, distracted. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, now's I, my I was, time. Get I, her! I was chuckling so hard. I'm like, but you know, oh. to see that whole thing transpire and those encounters. I mean, I didn't get a buck that year, which was fine with me. That was like, that made the whole trip right there to see. To witness yep. that stuff and you get to see that more and more and you you know bucks coming in they're 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 scraping you know making rubs on trees making scrapes they're chasing each other around listen to the vocalization of the buck that i harvested this year i had him come in at first daylight we had photos of him I'm like guys oh, that's a buck i want to harvest and i did a series of calls I did some kind of some contact calls little little mimicked little contact calls with like a buck chasing a doe. Cause there was a little bit of activity. So all of a sudden um, I could hear something up the draw from me, heard it trotting through, but they had a lot of rain. So you couldn't hear until they were kind of on top of you. And uh, I look, I'm like, Ooh, that's him. I grab my bow. He comes down the draw and he can take a right or a left. Um, so of course he takes a right where he shouldn't. It's the old of, zigzag yeah, thing. Of course. So he goes over and I'm standing there I'm, I'm sitting in my stand. And I'm like, Hey, he's like, 37 yards, but I don't have a clear shot. I'm like, eh. So I hung my bow back up and I'm just watching because now I don't want to over call because he's curious. He came to the call. He didn't see anything. So now he's going to keep working that draw until he bumped something. So he's, he's going away and where I could barely, I could, I could see him in the thick brush, but he's already passed. I just, I grunted a couple more times just to let him know that, Hey, I'm still over here, but I'm not, you know, just putting the planting the seed. Mm-hmm. So then throughout the course of the morning, I've got does underneath my stand. I had a coyote that came through, pushed a dog on the other side that I didn't even know about until after everything went down. And I had my trail camera. It was literally 25 yards, but it was a spot I couldn't see. Oh, and of course, otherwise it turns into a coyote hunt. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. No. <laughs> All day. I'll take every a swing day. at those. But of course, with the way the stand was configured and stuff. And I was on the, uh, the middle part of this draw part way up the hill. I didn't want to brush out that area because as the deer would transition from the bottom up, they would have picked me out this way. I had enough canopy over that to why, where the angle would have been in such a way that they wouldn't have been able to pick me up. So, yep. um, so then I had, I heard some other stuff and I just texted the guys, Hey, how's it going? You guys see anything? I had X mounted deer come through and just kind of, cause what we'll do is we'll start checking in. And then, um, cause either, you know, the plan is we'll, we'll get down at 10 and then we'll start, you know, checking chiro cameras. Hey, do we need to move any stands? You know, what do we need to do next? Because then we're just always hopping, doing stuff. Um, so we're kind of doing that. And I hear a grunt up the draw. And uh, so I just heard a grunt up the draw. You know, throwing my stupid cell phone back in its stupid pocket where it should be the whole time but it's not <laughs> of we're all not. we're all in that situation and well and i try to document you know I just I get the new and episode of like game that. of thrones oh, <laughs> or something yeah so you're looking down instead of looking and being involved in your moment of right. you know bliss so he's i heard the grunt so i i i um i grunted back about 10 minutes go by nothing and um like he's got to be up there Cause it kind of fingers out when it goes back up and there's, there's a pastured area and then there's a a pick cornfield up there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab my, I'm going to grab my rattle horns and I'm going to be, I I got that rattle pack, the small one. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's actually got, it's pretty decent sound to it. So I, I get it and I just kind of really just, I was just tickling it and cluck, cluck, you know, just kind of a little tap, like there's a little action going down, knowing that the buck is right there. I didn't want to start bashing on it. I mean, in any, any sequence, any calling sequence, whether I'm grunt tube calling or using a rattle pack or horns, start off soft. First thing is really look around.
0: Yeah. Really, really, Before really, really, you start really, really, calling, really, really
1: look around and then s- start calling quiet. Stop, pause, look around, look around, look around. Now bring it up another level same thing rinse and repeat until you can loud and then you put things away so i i started quiet boom 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 did my thing and i hung them back up i don't like to keep anything around my neck um so all my calls they hang yeah i've got hooks for everything
0: yep I, me too
1: too many people that i've known over the years that hey my call got, i was at full draw I shot yeah my lanyard caught and didn't get the buck almost derailed the bow and some did derail the ball. So anyways, I did that. I hung it up. All of a sudden I could hear commotion. Um, throw my binos up. comes down through the draw. There was a spike buck and looked like a buck. So they're about 90 yards away or 80 yards somewhere there. They're up the draw. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, cool. And I was just about to say, yeah, you know, spike buck. I was just like typing, yeah, just did the sequence, you know, that the guys let them know. And, then, <laughs> and I looked down and there's the 10-pointer standing dang near, uh, like 16 yards from the base of my tree. I'm like, drop the phone in my muff. That's yeah. Muffs are really good. I use those. I stress that not just because you can dump your phone in there really no, quick. No, they're but nice. You, can you don't really have to wear gloves. Wear thin, yes. Either no gloves or wear yeah. very, very thin gloves. So now that's the buck. And now he was looking, he was like, where are you? What's going on? Where is everything happening here? So he starts now he starts coming up draw. So I, I, I turn cause he's looking He's not looking at me, but he's looking up the draw. But you always swear to God, everything's always looking oh, at Oh, yeah, you. yeah. That's yeah. a good paranoia to have, by the way, because mm-hmm. you'll move slower that way. Even if deer are looking away from you, they're still looking at you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, I, I get, you know, I, I I pan to my left. I grab my bow. I always have that just so it's uh, basically shoulder height. I could just reach in, grab it off the peg so it's really quick. That way your, your bow hanger is always high enough. I always stand. That's just kind of how I am. So then it, the hanger is never going to be in your way, but it's always really, it's, it's really minimal motion to get to your bow. The hanger won't be in the way. So I came back, I came to full draw. He walks, there's a one limb that has, there's always the one limb that they have to cross. Yep. And, uh, and he did, he's, he's walking up and I'm at full draw and I'm just following him. I swear I want to shoot. So I'm just getting re- ready to stop him and he stops and he's, you know, he's, he's quartering away. I'm like. Oh, perfect. I sent the arrow and he went 40 yards and tipped over. Nice. So just really cool. I mean, and, and you know, getting back to that whole calling thing, I, I've, I've called in a lot of deer, you know, especially around that magic time when it's, when it's the rut and that time frame. I would say every, you know, 20 minutes to 30 minutes, you know, call and just do, you know, kind of look at the conditions around you. If you get to see some deer beforehand, I mean, but normally that time of the year, the bucks are chasing Yep. So mimic a, a calling sequence that, you know, a buck is chasing a doe, you know, and move the call around. Don't just call in one direction, you know, turn over your shoulders, you know, t- you know, minimal movement, turn around in your stand. Make it sound like it's tap. Ha- make it sound like that animal, those animals are moving around with the vocalization that you got going on. And, um, you know, that's just called blind calling. But, you know, with that, though, before you start <laughs> and when you stop, you Keep your eyes. I mean, you better be eagle eyeing at big time. Yeah. Because they'll come in. They'll just be boom. They'll be there. Yeah. I like carrying more than one call. I have about five. Yeah. No, I, and I, I definitely, and the deeper, the better. Well. In tone.
0: I, I like, I carry at least two and they they sound different. Yes. Two different deer. Yep. And what I'll do sometimes is, and, and by no means has this ever actually worked. Because apparently in Minnesota, nothing works in Minnesota, except for just getting lucky. I don't know. <laughs> um, while I'm rattling. Which I don't know why I do because once again, I it's Minnesota. I've never, never worked for me in the state. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know why. know <laughs> I mean, whatever. Um, but while I'm rattling, I'll get a call, and I'll kind of grunt and mm-hmm. know all that, and then I'll grip my other call and I'll grunt and making it sound like it's more realistic sure. with the grunts and the two noises, mm-hmm. with the with the you know the rattle and all that stuff. Um, like I said, it's never worked to my knowledge he probably was standing behind me looking up going busted yeah but uh, the first time calling really ever worked was the year I shot uh, my 10 pointer Um, I was in Princeton Mm -hmm. hunting and it was right at at the end of that bull going into gun so the first you know week of November you know that Halloween right around there Mm -hmm. is I was calling and all of a sudden a couple minutes later very shortly after that, all of a sudden here comes a you know buck little ones oh. you know they would start showing up every once in a while and I'm like, hmm wait a minute, is it actually the calls? because mm. I've <laughs> yeah. never had calls work yeah. period. Don't know why. maybe it's just the areas I'm in or whatever. And it was just really cool being able to literally call it because they would come to the edge of the field mm-hmm. and they just stand there even though they're little sixes and little yeah. eights and whatever scrappy guys. And looking around, all like, where is he? Where is he? I don't see him. Nope. And then they just mull around and do their thing. And that's, and that's, uh, and I'm then the, you said the, that with the, the deer I shot that year. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, comes out of nowhere from the right, running through the field. I had time to make sure the camera was pointing in the right direction, get my muzzle loader up. Yep. Brr, boom, shot him. <laughs> he ran <laughs> off. It's mm-hmm. like, and I hadn't called. I hadn't rattle. I don't think I'd called at least for a while. So, you know, all that and calling and da, 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 I'm calling all these little ones, and then here comes the one I shoot. Just yep. willy nilly, about two o'clock in the afternoon.
1: It's you know, yeah, and that's the thing too. It's when the rut's on. It's if you can if you can ride the tree stand, ride yeah. the tree stand because it can happen at yeah. any time.
0: I would say that's the first time I've actually experienced the rut without mm-hmm. seeing a buck actually chase a doe. Because mm-hmm. I started seeing the deer come out later. Because I would sit and wait. It's like. You know, until I didn't see any deer, period, for mm-hmm. at least an hour, mm-hmm. and then I would start going out earlier in the afternoon because I'm going to get lunch. I can't do an all day <laughs> sit; it's too damn, too <laughs> it, damn long. It, it can get at least long. I'll go back it can to the get truck. Really long. Yeah, yeah, at least I'll go back to the truck. <clears throat> and that day I went out just a little extra early. It was about twelve thirty, and I'm like, I'm just gonna nice long sit, and I think it was about one forty-five. Mm-hmm. And he comes running out.
1: And I was like, sweet. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that my my booner that I shot that was like at uh, eleven thirty, mid, just midday.
0: Midday kills more big bucks. Yep. I swear, I hear it all the time. If you want to kill old big doe, buck, you know?
1: yeah, big old doe came down through and he stepped down into this. We used to call it the. It was like a, it was like a wheel, like a hub. It's just because it had such a, it was such a cool spot. There's all these like these draws that came down, and then these fields on the edges. And with these nice standing of uh, oak woods, and it was just such a key area, just, just great travel corridor for. I mean, yeah, just, I saw that doe, heard splash splash, and it was down in the creek bottom. I look on the one side of the tree, and I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, wow, that's a really huge doe. It's surprised that she's walking by herself. I think it'd be a buck with her. And I looked on the other side of the tree, and I saw him coming down the draw so i couldn't see you know the full mass of it Mm -hmm. but when i looked at it i went oh my god that's a shooter (laughs) you know just it was like zero math of you know Eh, what is it it you know hmm. and i you know and everything went down i it was a 30 yard shot um i was already at full draw it was a perfect scenario because he came down the draw i watched on the left hand side of the tree she already walked through down the creek bottom so i grabbed my bow and now he's, I could just see his, his rear quarter going through and I drew and now I see his nose coming through and I knew the range cause I've ranged it a thousand times. Well, what else do you do on your board? Exactly. You range yeah, everything. reiterate the ranging. Yep. Like you're you know, a ranged man tr- with distance. Hey, that, that rock is 30 yards. That tree
0: might've moved five yards in the last hour though.
1: You never know. Things happen <laughs> out there. But it was pretty cool. Cause then he came into my window and he was just walking and I just went, you know, I just grunted, brap. And he, and he, he stopped his, you know, his right leg was forward and it was all slow motion. That's how I, I recall this. And, you know, he stopped perfect and he's turning his head and he's getting to where it's probably his nose is just past his shoulder. And I already sent the arrow and just put it right where it should be. And he ran up, up the other bank and there was still a standing cornfield, really small, like two acre cornfield. This little, kind of blurbed around into a, like a 20, 30-acre thing, but there was like 15 deer that just boogied out of there that I didn't even know were there. No were just, Yeah. So it was like just the, covered in deer. Just exploded. <laughs> you know, and it was kind of cool because that trip, everybody had seen that 10-pointer. And uh, I didn't even know what it was. I, honest to God, I don't know if it was, it could have been a three-pointer, a 20-pointer. All I knew was big. Yeah. And, uh, that, again you know I'm, I'm all business up till then and then I hang my bow up and I'm like my legs are shaking and and I, I do this basically on every every deer that I ever shoot is I have to look at my quiver and go oh god I did shoot that's really cool man that was really awesome <laughs> so you just kind of you get all caught up in the emotion of it and you're just like yep. oh. so and I'm I'm all if I don't see it go down I'm so big about just giving it time so I saw it go up in there yeah. the shot felt great so I sat there for a while and I knew the guys were coming um at a certain time frame. So I waited I waited for like 45 minutes and I just grabbed my stuff and left. I didn't even go look for the arrow. I didn't look for blood. I just left. So I got up there and was explaining things. They're like, oh God, that's you know, uh Shim saw that buck, you know, blah blah blah. It's right around the same time frame. I bet you said it. and I said, yeah, no, let's get in there. Let's get No, 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 no. Let's let's I wanna just calm yeah. down and this that, I just know it's big and and this, that, and we got down there and it was really cool. Cause again, Wayne, you know, the guy is just a magnet. And so we started our little blood trailing it didn't go more than I think 50 yards. But it was laying there. It was kind of cool. Wayne saw it first. Wayne had harvested a boon and crocodile, that same tree. Uh, I think the year before that one was two Oh two, uh, gross. just an absolute, it's just a pig 15 pointer. And, uh, so we're walking and we're trailing it and Wayne's a little bit ahead of me. And I've got my book. Cause I don't know. I don't know if it's dead or not. Yeah. The shot felt great. I mean, until yeah. I see it, I'm, I'm all like, I'm going to go.
0: Oh yeah. I, I'm not going to be oh,
1: optimistic yeah. now. I'm going to be. You either I got one in the chamber arrow, or yeah. one knocked. And so we're, you know, all of a sudden Wayne is like, it's a booner. It's a boner. And he turns and he, I'm like, what is it dead or not? Cause it, it, it just kind of crumbled. It's like, it just laid down. Yeah where it's, it just died where it stood. So it's just down and his head was forward. So his nose was on the ground and the rack was still up. Oh! It was like the most picturesque thing that you could see. That You don't even need to move it to pictures. No. So <laughs> just, I, I'm like, so he hey, comes just in like, it. Wayne tackles me, <laughs> you know, so excited. And I'm like, is it dead? You know, and she's like, no, yeah, it's dead, man. And I'm, I'm, I walk around and uh, I'm just taking it all in. And I'm like, oh my God you know, this is a giant, you know, this is, and I went over to the front of them and I just sat down and I'm just speechless. And I'm, I always have something to say, but I was just in so awe, so much awe that I was like, again, I want everybody to experience this, to see it come in, have this come down, to put your hands on it. Wow. This is just so cool. And they get this big and they even get bigger. Right, yeah, that's they, what's crazy. Yeah, you didn't even shoot
0: the biggest one no, in the woods. No, <laughs> like that's so a it's fifty-one
1: point or fifty-one pointer in Illinois. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's it's nuts. And um, I found out later I had uh, Dean Westby, who I, that's the only deer I've had officially scored. Um, so in that county, up until, and I didn't even know this because Wayne actually sent me an article he was reading I think white tail magazine he's like hey did you know that you're the your buck is the number one uh bow kill in adams county i said what he really? says yeah there's this guy shot a eight pointer that's like in the um uh, i think it was in the one 170 like seven 170 something and uh and he sent me the article so yeah i was at i don't know i'm sure it's been broke by now but um yeah, I have the had the number one bow kill in Adams nice. County, Illinois, which I like. Congratulations. Out. Round of oh, applause, yeah. everybody. Everybody at home. Yeah, I have pure dumb And work. now I got broken 14 pure, times. I'm sure it did. Because there, there's giants. It's just, I mean, uh, this year where we were staying, there's a gentleman that shot one that was 200 and some inches. And then, and there was, this is the park. There are the state hunt. They're, they're state. Oh, God. So, and, and they're, they're, yeah. uh, I want to thank them for their service because they're, uh, both just recently out of the military. So then his buddy goes and shoots this 10-pointer that has to be well in the 190s. <laughs> out of the same, it's it's a a public hunting
0: area. Wait, what, was that this year? Yeah. I think that just happened, didn't it?
1: Uh, that would have happened right around the 6th of November. Okay, I think I saw Sixth something because it was
0: out, wasn't on the same stand or something. Or are they just the same area? I don't
1: know. at the same area. Okay. Maybe there is a thing on it. Because we were like, dude, this you did. You realize what you just shot here? And they you know, it's both of them. Yeah. And it's like, you guys, back to back. This is like yeah. Booners, back to back.
0: Imagine what else is running around in there.
1: Well, that's the crazy thing. They saw God. some other bucks that were running around, too, that were substantial. Yeah. But, again, it's just it's so much fun to see that stuff. And, and the outdoors, I guess, getting back to that, my dad, you know, I, I started doing that when I was six years old. Um, running around with my dad, coon hunting <laughs> Nice. and, uh, just trying to, my dad's six feet tall and I never reached six feet. Dang it. five eleven. but 5'11? Uh, I used to have to run to keep Are you sure up to five eleven.
0: I think I looked down at you and I'm only five no, ten. Maybe,
1: maybe I'm, you're shrinking. Old, I'm older You're, now. you're old. See? You're shrinking. Yeah. I'm midgetizing. <laughs> Midget. Is that a word? I don't know. I just made it up.
0: Well, uh, it is now Cop- copyright, <laughs> hashtag <laughs> patent. <laughs> got to do that. Hashtag.
1: But no, it's just, so at a young age, I got to learn how to appreciate the outdoors and, and, uh never looked back. It's just And then when I started, uh, bow hunting, I didn't start that until a little bit later in life too. I was 18, 17 or 18 when I first picked up a bow and I got away from it for a while. Cause you got to do that life stuff. And then, yep. uh, I got back into it and, and it was really cool. Cause it was like, you know, I kept hearing these stories. Yeah, man, I saw like 10 deer tonight. And, you know, cause Northern Minnesota, Chippewa National Forest, that's where I started hunting. Oh yeah. You yep. know, and that's, that's big woods, Minnesota, big woods yep. with a rifle. So, you that's, know, that's where I've deer hunted the last 2 years. They they run the gauntlet <laughs> Yeah. And uh you try to get lucky. So, that's where I cut my teeth in that. But then I started hearing this stuff about, oh yeah, you know, and I, I bow hunt and I have all all these animals that come in and and uh they bed down by me and they do all these wonderful things. So, it's just like I'm like, "No way, you're lying." You don't see that stuff. Yeah. So, then that's what sparked my interest cuz then I started, "Oh, you got the season is like 3 months." You know, it's really long and so then it kind of, that's what I did. I borrowed the neighbor's bow, uh, Jim Larson, our neighbor. And, uh, he let me, he lent me that bow and I just started doing that and I never looked back. I just, the gun, I mean, I harvested some deer with the gun, but I haven't done that in quite some time. I just, the the arrow and the string is just something to.
0: Yeah. I got, I started out deer hunting, um, uh, later in life, um, probably around 13 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. Because actually a guy at work got me into it because of his birthday party. Cool. Guy at work. Um, I've known him forever. Went to school with his kids. It was his birthday party. We're over at his house, mm-hmm. me and the wife. <clears throat> and uh, they're all talking about this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, Jeff, this guy named, named Jeff, he goes, mm-hmm. so are you going to help us build deer stands this year? Never deer hunting in my life, right? Like okay. I had gone waterfall with with my dad and whatnot. Never deer hunt. <laughs> but I'm like, I like the outdoors. Like I like roaming through the woods and building stuff i'm like yeah sure why not and uh he goes well that means you're deer hunting with us too oh cool man and what I'm a like, nice
1: introduction that's and, pretty cool
0: and i'm like <laughs> well, um well i don't have a i don't have a rifle he's like yeah we got you covered on the rifle department you got voted in yeah
1: that's really awesome yeah
0: so i'm like okay kind of look at the wife and i go I, sure i guess you know whatever she's like i don't care do what you want i'm like all right and uh hunted three years with those guys um and then, at the end of that, I started shooting around with the bow. I went over to my buddy's house, and he he has bow and just backyard shooting. And half hour into it, he's in the garage farting around. Draw back. I already had shot some arrows. Wham! Smack. I'm like, that sounded funny. <laughs> it's not like the rest of them. And he even heard it. Robin, he goes, "What's damn. going on here?" I'm like, "I don't know." Why. He goes wow i can't believe it i'm like what you shot a robin hood i'm like oh and of course at first i'm like oh i'm sorry right i just wrecked your arrows None <laughs> No, of this you, equipment is mine you know yeah and no, that's it, a trophy yeah that's a trophy no, Oh, i've got, got a trophy it. man i've got it that's it's like in, finding
1: shed antlers yeah
0: it's in the other room i've got it yep <laughs> And the old metal eastern arrows oh yeah oh, those are those are double easy. x 75 uh, you know, with the whatever they are yeah twenty one seventeen. and uh he goes man your groups are good i mean i was you know f- no bigger than a pop can or whatever yeah. at 20 20 whatever yards it was mm-hmm. and uh but so i started shooting and you know shooting the bow and whatnot and i'm just kind of like eh, you know i think i'll maybe give this bow hunting thing a try and I went and bought myself from old Dean Capra, bought his Matthews Adrenaline. There you go. Yeah, that was a good bow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. it was a good bow. Shot my first deer with it. Bam, uh, yeah. That would have been, wasn't my fourth year, it was my fifth year hunting, because I still mainly gun hunted that fourth year, but then fifth year shot that one, and the more I bow hunted... And the more I shot shooting at the archery shops and whatnot, it became mm-hmm. literally an obsession of just archery, archery, archery. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of got burnt out because it was so much, you know, between sure. shooting and shooting and hunting and everything. It sure. just became so much. I and yeah. I haven't, I shot, uh, was it last year, the year before? Last year? Year before, I shot a bit like Dolan, Wisconsin. Yeah. But. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I want to get back into it. My thing, too, is like kind of where I'm going to hunt type of deal. Right. You know, because I don't want to go, not that I don't mind public uh, land bow hunting, Mm -hmm. because there's not that many people out there. No, you got to make the public public land bow hunting is nice in Minnesota because not many people do it. Mm -hmm. Like you can go find areas where there's nobody else. Get you your know. waiters. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta work you if you want the big big ones. Yeah. And the I'm, smart I'm, ones. You like got Carlos
1: Avery. You know that's kind of I'm a not,
0: example. Of yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Near I've <laughs> done the waiter thing out there. I'm not going out there. I've heard of what <laughs> happens. Some out nice there. sheds
1: out there. Yeah. I've never seen a good one out
0: there. I just want to be able to hunt here. Yeah. <laughs> right down the street <laughs> in my in laws backyard. Yeah,
1: There's man. It's
0: with three pulp's and a booner. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah yeah.
1: Yep. And all you can do is. Watch them, Watch or I go out into the backyard
0: and stand thirty yards from them, and they stare at me like,
1: <clears throat> "Yeah, it's ha ha." They're so
0: cool, though. sucker. You can't <laughs> kill me, and I know this. Yeah, I
1: know what for they a fact. get on their mid pass, and yeah,
0: the cool thing is though, when I'm driving the, to when I'm series. driving to work because I drive right by their house basically, and they cross the road there. Mm-hmm. When they start crossing, when I'm about the time I'm going to work, I go, "What day is it?" what's the date? Oh, it's late October.
1: Yeah, rut's about to happen. Yep. Yeah. I do that every year. It's like at work. It's, it's all the nurses and stuff. It's like, hey, be careful now from the end of October through <laughs> mm-hmm. the middle of November. Be careful driving. This yep. going to be any time. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then a few always come back with banging into one, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so we let's,
0: uh, we got a Facebook question. Ooh. Um from Sean Locke or Locky what do you prefer? A product that covers human scent or a product that blocks the deer's sense of smell, i.e. nose jammer?
1: You know, um, good question. I I use everything. I mean I've used uh, uh the nose or the nose jammer. Um I I don't think it's anything is a hundred percent but I think anything that you can add to your arsenal to help minimize your your impact, you're, you're you're degrading it down. So basically, you're smelling way further away, almost mm-hmm. I, in that respect. Because I use Ozonics. I have I have I, I wash my, my myself, of course, and then I, you know, I've got my uh, the scent crusher that I deodorize the inside of my vehicle. So that's my pack, my boots, my bow. Mm-hmm. I mean. I go to the great extent. I even with all that, I think that there's a minimal presence of that. So I'm always keeping. You got to watch the wind, and I use Ozonics, too, religiously. Yeah, it, it works really well. The only thing I find with the Ozonics is that the motor's a little bit loud on it, so I actually run it upside down. I've heard so that, that a lot of guys are doing that. Yeah. It makes it quieter. So, but I I do all of that, but it's not nothing's a hundred percent. So.
0: But, but if every if everything is one percent,
1: right? It, exactly. It I think if it's fractionalizing more. it down, yeah. I mean, there's still any anyone that says you know totally eliminates like no, 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 no way, no. Nope. So their their sniffer is way better than ours, and uh, you know you don't want to find out at the wrong time that oh hey yeah you can smell me yeah. But no, I would add all of that to your repertoire, and you know it's it's all a recipe. Yeah.
0: The only thing that. <sighs> The whole nose jammer thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's legal. Sure. Okay. I'll just say it's legal. Mm-hmm. Use it as long as it's legal. Correct. But for me, being that it physically enables the deer's sense to smell you, mm-hmm. you're changing the deer's ability to detect you, not just throwing out another scent. Like supposedly it literally changes inside of the body. Not just throwing out some dopey yeah. or you know I use Evercalm, which okay. which yep. works really good. Mm-hmm. Like I've had does downwind at my feet, all that stuff. Cool. I just don't know how. I don't really know how I feel completely about changing the deer's ability to smell you. Physic like physically changing their ability to smell you. Right. Because I called up Nose Jammer because mm-hmm. I wanted to know how it worked, and right. they said it. I go. Does it physically changes the deer deer's ability to smell you? And they said yes. No oh, interest. Of course, they tried to backdoor it. Going well, you know, it does. I go. Look, if I am standing in front of the deer, can it smell me? If this is the only thing that's going on, and I am in shorts and a t shirt, they go no. I go. So you are physically changing the deer's ability to smell interesting. you. Interesting. And they yeah. go. They finally had to admit yes. Interesting because it's blocking the olfactors, it's not just another scent that your scent might be mixed in with, but it takes over the dose scent. I wonder
1: you know. how long it does that. It's Is that a, it's, a, it's got to be a temporary it's, it's thing? It's a
0: temporary thing, yeah, it's not permanent, so it has to dissolve yeah, down basically. All I do is smell time. vanilla,
1: yeah, and I don't like to spray that on my gear. No, I mean, yeah. I've used, I've only used it a few times, yeah. um, I, and I had success. I had shot an eight pointer on our ground in, in uh, Wisconsin. But the wind was, it was marginal, but it wasn't that bad. And I didn't have the Ozonics that day. I actually forgot the wrong batteries for it, so I used it. But I, I can't say that that was. It's not the reason, reason why you I shot got it. it, yeah. But you know, I guess if you got like ground blinds and stuff like that, to use it around that to knock things down, um, yeah. to do it, I guess I haven't used it enough to give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm, i I know people mixed. You know, it's like anything else.
0: Yeah, I know guys that love it. It smells really hu- good. Oh, no, it smells phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I
1: just don't. Here's, I would like to here... play with it some more yeah. to really kind of.
0: Yeah. I mean, here's know, how I that's see That's interesting. It, that it actually it, is doing something. It blocks there. their olfactories, which is what smells you. Yeah. It physically makes them impossible to smell you. Hmm. Um, and here's how I see it. If I'm, I don't mind the fact that a deer can bust me. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm using scent killer this, scent killer that, scent blocker this, mm-hmm. you know, AB, ever calm and blah, blah, blah. I don't mind it happens because mm-hmm. that makes you a better hunter. Because mm-hmm. then if it, you get busted, what did I do wrong?
1: Yeah. And that's the big thing too. You it's, know? it's kind of interesting because when people ask you, it's just kind of like, you know, what do you do at your job? You know, and that everybody has it. So we systematically do these things every day, but then when you break it down and try to explain it to people, you go, oh yeah, there's a lot of moving parts to this so <laughs> uh, so like with hunting too because people will say well you know what do you do it's like okay for just let's say for scent and containment and all of that this is something that i just do i do it systematically but there's a ritual to it so the whole like you know bathing your body okay so but let's back up even further than that the towel that you're using to dry your body so now you have to descent that so now yeah. your wash machine and dryer you have to descent your washer and your dryer.
0: Oh, you run the, 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 See, the phantom load? Yeah, you got to do And then you're spraying that. the inside so of your dryer with some sort of spray? That's where I think sp- a lot
1: of that knowledge doesn't go to all of us hunters out there. There's just, hey, this product and this will just take care of it. It's like, well, no, there's more to it than that. So then when it fails, they're kind of like, oh, this product sucks. Right. It's like, yep. well. Mm, did you use it properly? Did you use it properly? And here's really the, all of the steps to make this work, you know, it's, it's you conditioning your washer and dryer, doing your towels. Um, and then storing the towels in a sealed bag so that when you do use the towel, it's not already contaminated by just your house sense. Yeah. Um, soaps. Okay. Do that towel off clothes. You're going to put on before you go out to, um, your stand or drive in your truck. So that all has to be decent. Where are you storing that? Yeah. Um, I have a bag. All my stuff has been decented, you know, as best it can, as it can be. I keep it in a, um, uh, a bag that has a, a carbon fiber filter thing in there, which you know, there's controversy about that. You got to get it so hot, but does it really work? Yeah, who you knows. know, but who knows? But do you spray the have inside in of
0: your bag with like uh, um, scent spray? Because I, I, I did. I I got to the point I was spraying the inside of my bag <laughs> with probably, some sort it. of scent killing solution. Yep. Yeah. I and mean, that's how, yeah. So there's so many things you go, oh, okay, did right. I do everything? You know? Right. And here's yeah. here's the best part about it. Do
1: everything you possibly can. Mm-hmm. What
0: are you going to do about your breathing?
1: Well, there's that too. You got the funky funky mouth breath yeah. stuff going on. So that's why you still
0: play the wind. You, yeah. No matter how much you do, there's you're, you're still breathing and there's no way to stop breathing. And the gums are BS. Yeah. The pills are BS. Yeah. You know.
1: It, And it is funny because, (laughs) and here's a here's a question. Here's a question:
0: If if the scent killing clothing right worked right, why do I smell it when I rip a big fart? Well, it's, I don't think it's constructed for that hey, type of expensive. It's, it's of, body odor, isn't it? It's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's odor that comes out of my body, but it's still
1: make built up in that lower hey, region. I guess. <laughs> hey, I'm
0: just saying, I shouldn't I shouldn't be able to smell it, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it, but it is funny because it, it's like like with Wayne and those guys. I mean, we we have like all these bags, and it's basically clothing because I'll organize like okay, if we're gonna go out and. Um, go scout some area and hang tree stands and stuff. Yeah. So I've got clothes for that. That's yep. all, they're yep. all, that's all decented And then I have all of my socks, garment trees that are my base layer things, underwear, everything that's in another bag. Then I have my, um, hunting gear. That's in the bag. Then I have the clothes that I wear from where I go, where, where we stay to where we hunt. So then I can put my other clothes on. So that I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take that out of the bag, put that on then get in my truck. And then we'll go. Yeah. So you can be super your, anal yeah. about, but it it, hey, it serves a purpose if it helps you one
0: percent of one percent. But people are like, and it's confidence. Why do you have all this yeah. stuff?
1: Yeah. It's like, well, this is for this, this, the. So then they're looking at it like, dude, you're little nuts. It's like, well, if you want to see stuff, right. you got to kind of take it to that level. So then, like, you know, my hunting clothes basically get. Where I'm stopped, I get out trucks off. Of course, I don't want all that exhaust yeah.
0: coming back. And don't anyway. stop for gas on the way, because no, God, go, no, good no, no, no,
1: no, no, no. no. That tank's already been filled. Yeah. That prep work's been done. Yeah. So then, meanwhile, as I've been driving, I got my little Sink crusher thing that's deodorizing the inside. So that's my pack and whatever else. Um, but be careful with the Sink crusher bags. If you do have elastic um, suspenders, that type of stuff. If you use that a lot, you may want to take that out because it will dilapitate. It like material kind of breaks yeah, down plastics and rubbers <laughs> is that what it, that <laughs> yeah, what it does it, it basically okay. i mean it works and uh prime example that t- was last year danny had some brand new sick bibs you oh. know and i'm like dude how's that bag how do you like the bag because i was kind of curious about it and he said oh i love it you know i just got it and da 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 and brand new bibs and it was about four <laughs> days and he goes dude check this out and they were just like it, it was just gone Oh, and sick is not cheap. No, but you can get the replacement stuff. So yeah. other than that, you know, watch your elast- elastics or plastics in there and you should be fine. But I don't have the bag, but I've got the little cigarette deal that yeah. you can put in there and you can blast your ozone in your vehicle and stuff. So th- they've got good sniffers on them. You know, critters, they are that's how they live. You know, mm-hmm. it's their eyes and their ears and, and their sniffers. So you got to. You know, you're not going to want to pull up to a fight, and you know, you right. be you're,
0: prepared. When you know, it depends on what you're after. Yeah. If you're after deer, yeah, you can kind of get away with a lot. If sure. you're after bucks and mature bucks, yeah, you can't hunt them like deer. They're their no, own they're a different creature class. Yeah. I mean,
1: they're, even though they're looking for love, they're not. Trust me, they've they've seen people a few times yeah they know what we are to be you know five (laughs) five to seven years old um and and get to that level they've they've they know the trick or the routine so if you mess that up yeah you're not gonna see them it's just not gonna happen you
0: might not ever see them again
1: yeah and you might as well just
0: get down and move your stand because they know that tree now is not good it is it's crazy unless he's
1: really in love Right. And, there's a really big, and, hot doe there that in will the not leave of. the area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there is that goofy stuff where you've seen, you know, we've seen 160 class deer sitting on the side of the road, like 10 yards off the road. And you go, where's the doe? Oh, there she is. Yeah, and That's, you, you know, he's, you could see like, dude, I don't want to be here. Yeah. But she's here, so I'm going like, to stay here until like, she I'm, leaves.
0: I'm in the open <clears throat> and yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, this is yeah. not cool. That yeah. doesn't happen all the time, but no. we have seen that, no. which is really cool. I mean, it's just fun seeing them, but looking for love that's again but that's a short window of opportunity otherwise normally they're they're ghosts they're they're gone
0: i like opening weekend and then that you know during the rut opening Mm -hmm. weekend of archery because you can actually pattern them
1: yeah because they're just in
0: their summertime pattern nothing's bugged them yep as long as you've done everything you can to not intrude too much yep you can pattern them pattern them because they're just in the summertime pattern they don't really have to change for any reason
1: yep they're in their bachelor groups yep. and they're still hanging out being buddies mm-hmm. the, but you uh, gotta
0: hunt pretty darn close to dark or very close to sun up yeah you, you know, gotta figure
1: out that you know because they're gonna be going to food so i i never like to be too far in the woods because i don't want to disrupt that um i guess you know more of the early season stuff now i really i'm i'm in basically i'm in nebraska running around doing the spot and stock i Uh, haven't focused too much early season stuff. I just, again, you kind of learn to like quality time. You you want quantity or quality time. So start figuring out when the peak times are. Again, uh, your job schedules and stuff, if it only allows. I mean, that, the rut's the rut. That's the best opportune time that you're going to get, you know, for deer movement. Yep. So, you know, because I did that too. I'd hunt, man all the way through oh, it would just open pound, to close. You know, kill myself doing it you know but now it's you start to target you know pressure systems dates and times moon phases um, those things help and, and you just historically you start to kind of yep these dates man there's no way I'm not going to be in a stand Yeah. or if this pressure system all of a sudden this system changes I've called guys dude are you in a stand tonight are you going to be in a stand tonight no, I wasn't thinking about it. It's like go sit in a stand somewhere, and you know, like dude, I saw this buck, and I'm like, Oh, cool, you know. That's just like I didn't have a place to hunt, so yeah. it's funny okay, when you I see spread the, fa- the wealth. I just you, sometimes you just get that feeling, dude. You need to be sitting. Yeah, it's
0: funny when, when you see those Facebook posts. If you're not sitting in a tree right now, go. They're everywhere. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's Tuesday afternoon or whatever, and I'm working. Shut
1: yeah, up. well, there's that job thing that yeah. we all have to have to. Pay the old bills. Work Monday
0: through Friday to afford the ammunition for Saturday and Sunday. Attaboy.
1: Attaboy. Hey.
0: That's the gig. And then podcast whenever you can. There you go.
1: <laughs> there
0: you go. So other than deer, you've shot turkeys?
1: Yes. Uh, we don't have to get
0: too too far into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're already at almost two and a half hours. Oh, that's crazy. See, I can talk. <laughs> hey, that's, that's talk. the wonderful thing. And here's the thing. People can pause it at an hour, and they can come back and listen to the rest of it.
1: Yeah, So true. we can, I mean, yeah, I got nowhere to b- people to death.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think we got to make ends of a good one here. Well, good. A lot of, inf- a lot of good information,
1: but no, I mean, just turkeys blast. My wife, she's really into it. We go to Nebraska every year and she's, she's, she's kind of like the way I am with whitetail with she's that turkey is her. Like, oh, really? We will be doing this, you know, and <clears throat> she could have five birds down and let's go to another state. Let's go. Yeah. So, which is really cool. And it's all archery. Oh really? Yeah.
0: N- is, nothing with the shotgun. No, she's never shot one um, gun. See, so it took me seven years to finally kill one of my shotgun. Mm-hmm. With, with well, I bow hunted, bow hunted, bow hunted, bow hunted, and then finally I'm like, screw it, mm-hmm. I'm shooting one with a shotgun. <laughs> and then I finally shot one, and then I shot another one last year. So
1: Nebraska's fun because yeah. it's three. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah, that's a Wisconsin, place. you can shoot darn near, near as many as you want. Yeah, if you if you can jump around the the uh, different counties or the. Yep sections i guess yeah and you can get your tags and really yep. bounce around and do that and
0: what you can buy a tag a day till they run out in certain areas like yeah. dunn dunn counties that way so i or was I, that
1: way i've got to get her do the gould thing and the florida thing and so yeah she's would definitely be all over that but I'd no well. i have i've harvested i don't know i've i've done the elk thing that's a blast of caribou that was a lot a lot of fun that was just beautiful just kicking around out there and I mean, the Northern Lights every night and, you know, the critters running around. I could have just, I could, well, that's the whole thing. I get out there and I just get a, I get enthralled with everything, just kind of absorb it. And I'm like kicking around. I mean, granted, I want to harvest some animals too, but so beautiful. I could just sit around and take photos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And yeah. And I've done the hog thing. I've harvested some bear, um, antelope. Uh, some exotic stuff too. Uh, Down in Texas, yeah. yeah. Did the uh, Angora sheep, an Axis a buck, Corsican ram. Um, I'm not, it, and that's one thing I'm kind of glad that I don't have an interest in is like sheep. There's so many of them. Well, <laughs> you could fill this
0: room just with
1: yeah. Well, and mounts of all the know, different especially sheep, especially if you're going to get into the rams and. Yeah. You know, do your slams and all that I mean, oh, you know, some of those is $20,000 for a tag well there is that yeah. that would be crazy and it's hard hunting yeah it's that, not I, if you want a challenging hunt no. I mean I know guys that have completed their slams and, and done all that Yeah. and uh, th- that's that's a hunt man you're gonna you're gonna really work your butt off if I want rams
0: and whatnot I'm gonna do one of two things either I'm just gonna buy one from an antique store or a flea market <laughs> or I'm gonna go down to Texas <laughs> I do not have it in me to climb up 10,000 feet yeah. in a day and then climb back down. And then, oh, by the way, since it's over there, we're not just climbing up and down, we're going back up. No. Right. No. Right. No. <laughs> no it's just not for me. It's a lot of My body of can't work. take that anymore.
1: No. I. I like, if you want to drop I'm me just like glad a I don't. I'm just like, no. I just. I mean, yeah. they're cool and all that. I mean, like uh, Mongolian ibex. I think those things are yeah. really cool. Yep. I mean, that'd be like a really badass looking mount I they think. are i've seen but them. i just nah that's a lot of money
0: well that and it's also kind of one of those things where like i don't know about like mountain goats and whatnot or sheep you know big um rams and stuff yeah but, billies and um but like do Rocky you mountain. even eat goats and sheep like
1: goats like ibex and stuff you don't eat those but like uh you know those ran. i guess people eat I them i don't know you know there's do you? yep i'm uh like antelope I'm not a super fan of, and, and I really do dig everything that I've harvested thus far. Really dig eating, except antelope. Antelope and sausage. And there's
0: people. Well, yeah, deer That's and that's stuff, about the only way I've had antelope too. And yeah, it's just not. It's there's something sagy, about it. I don't yeah. know
1: how to explain it. But there's but there's some people that are like, oh no, it's that's the best. Mm-mm. Probably the best wild game that I've ever eaten is mountain lion. Believe it or not. I, I keep I keep
0: listening to the Meat Eater podcast and Joe Rogan and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they're always talking about you know of course Meat Eater they're talking about food mm-hmm. and you know mountain line mountain line mountain line mountain line oh it tastes like pork and this and that I'm like okay
1: it's really so... good I was out in Montana with my dad years ago uh, a buddy of his was a government trapper and also a houndsman and we went out there with my dad's hounds which th- that's one of those times where. Should have brought my bow with, and I should no. have bought a tag because we were treeing a mountain lion left and right, and it was super cool. But he he fixed us to dinner with that in there, and I was like, this is outstanding. You know, what is it? And he's like, he kind of chuckled, yeah, that's a mountain lion. I'm like, oh, my God. That's well, fantastic. Well, uh, Richard Bacca,
0: you you know him on Facebook at yeah, all? Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, he's over in, uh, sorry, Richard, New Mexico, Arizona, okay. somewhere, and he guides runs dogs for you know cats and mm-hmm. bears and stuff and i had asked him back in a couple years ago i sent him a message i go okay so here's the deal mountain lions are they just trophies or can you eat the things he goes oh no you can eat them and they're
1: good i'm like okay cool now it's you, on my you just bucket list think that because it's like you know like a yeah. coyote huh? you want to eat no no <laughs> but, but not... i think that's the impression people get it's like this is a here i'll it's like seeing other critters and I how will... can that be good yeah i will try
0: it Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I would try coyote. Like I'll try most. Oh, I would things. try it too. Yeah, but I haven't. I've heard. had raccoon. Oh yeah, coon, beaver. Raccoon ain't bad. That's beaver. Good. Dude,
1: talk really about some good. sausage.
0: Beaver sausage yeah. is
1: just delicious. Oh, it's really good. Hell yeah. But you just kind of think on that side of the fence, though. So it's like a predator. But bear's good. Bear eat meat. That's what I've heard. Still haven't had a bear. Really? Nope. Oh, it's. Really, I'm going it's bear good. hunting next year though. Fantastic.
0: Minnesota? Yeah, I should have been. Yeah, been this year. Ed Turner. You know Ed Turner? up north Yeah. Bemidji? Yeah. yeah. He had both shoulders redone this summer. Oh. Yeah. And, Dude. And I hope he's
1: I've already mending met, well. I've already, yeah, I got to actually
0: yeah. see if he is. Um, I've already mentioned this once on the podcast, but yeah, this was the year I was going to get drawn. Mm, <laughs> he, right. he couldn't find anybody else to do it for him, Aww. any of the guiding and stuff, because I went to get my tag yep. to reply, and I'm like, Area 46, you guys, I got to call you. Yep. I got to talk to you. And I'm like, Okay whatever so i call him up and mm-hmm. yeah i hate to do this but yeah, i need to roast. have my shoulders both of them done yeah uh,
1: yeah i'm facebook friends with him and yep. i'm like ah oh, damn that's it. a bummer but both next, shoulders though too yeah Oy.
0: so i bought a preference points and i have six preference points and i can i'm gonna do it next year as yeah. long as he's still doing it excellent or whatever so yeah i'm gonna shoot a bear as long as it's fun eight, as long as it ain't the little work. guy you know, yeah. if it's if
1: the little one, I'll pass. But he has real good success. Well, you know, 150 pound bear really—that's a good bear, decent bear. Yeah. yeah. So anything above that, so that's a bonus. Yeah. As long as it's close to the top of the barrel, I'm yeah. good. Well, and that's that's sizing is tough, man. That's like on our property. I built a—I think it, I don't know if you saw those photos up, but I built a backstop for the bait because my buddy had never harvested a bear before. Oh, yeah. So and I and I sat with him, of course. um, for the first first go around, and you know, and there were some cubs that came in. That he was like, "Oh, I'm like, no, 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 that's cubs, man. Yeah. That's don't worry, the big bigger one will come in here." And so we got to see him. But I go and you know, I'm hovering over his shoulder and I'm filming, and I'm just like, "Okay, just because he's really excited, you know? mm-hmm. it's pretty cool." I mean, you seen him in the wild before, but never up close and. In yeah. a controlled, situation even though they're cubs, somewhat. it's still hey, you know, right? I so, mean, a, fa-
0: a fawn comes by,
1: and I'm still like, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah cool.
0: <laughs> All right, now where's
1: the rest of them? <laughs> but I'm like, just visualize, you know, the angles where you would shoot, where you'd aim. You know, I'm just chatting with him up in the stand, and he was, he thought that was pretty cool, and he did get one. He actually on our property, we had uh, uh, two. There was two different sows. One had triplets. One had uh, twins, and then there was a single running around that was just kind of smaller. And, uh, lucky enough, my, my father-in-law had talked to a friend of his and they had harvested their bear and it was just down the road. And they're like, well, have come on over. And he ended up shooting a 200 pound boar. Nice. So, which awesome. You know,
0: are you guys in a, in a, quota zone or.
1: That is a draw. So it, it takes you like eight years.
0: On your own property. Yeah.
1: Ain't that something? That's really cool. And we have too many bear.
0: Yeah. I find
1: a lot of, uh, fawn, uh, bones and stuff. Oh. Cause bear are tough on Well, fawns. here's the deal. If something happens where I can't go
0: with that, I got six preference points.
1: Well, there you go. We'll have to talk more about that. Because, I mean, at any given time, especially in the spring, I think I've posted some photos on my Facebook page. Those bears are just walking around. Mm. And rough head count, there's anywhere from 10 to 15 different bear running around. I'll shoot one of them. Yeah, there's just too Mm -hmm. many. And there's some pigs running around there, too. I mean, there's literally legitimate, like, five plus 100 pounders. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought poll- you meant actual like, no, hog pigs. No, 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 I'm like, there's pigs no, running no, around, that, too? No, no, that'd be cool. But uh, no, I don't know if I'd really like that because no. the
0: food plot to be destroyed. Did you know, and I, I'll have to look it up again, if you see a wild hog, you can't shoot him. Oh, I didn't know that. I read it in a book. In Minnesota? In, it, in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to double check the regs, but the last time I looked at regs and pigs, you mm-hmm. can't shoot them. Yeah. BS. Just to let you That's know, MNDNR. M- 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 I will tell you right now, they, if I see a hog, I'm shooting the hell out of it.
1: I've seen what they do. They can destroy an yeah. area. They're yeah. just like a rototiller. Oh, they're horrible. They just tear it up. Mm-hmm. Tear yep. it
0: up. But meanwhile, these guys want to, you know, we don't want you to clear out the whole herd so I can charge you 200 bucks to come down and shoot to it. I
1: know. Yeah. Those yeah. Yeah. things have changed over there. It's kind of like prairie dog hunting. Back when I did it, it was, you know, please come out, you know, yeah. which was a lot of fun. and. We had everything from twenty twos up to odd sixes because my dad, uh, he's has built some guns and stuff, and we had a hundred yard shooting range back of our house that I could just walk out the door when I was a kid. Oh, nice! And my buddy who who passed on, um, his dad's gunsmith, so, and he had a shop, so we had dude, we loaded thousands of rounds, and we would have like you know anywhere from five to ten rifles. Between us, yeah, that we could you know you shot it till it got hot, you grab the next one, oh yeah, you know, but there was everything, but it was the only way, actually, it was the only good way of getting rid of those darn prairie dogs because, oh yeah, they yep. attract yep. predators, you know, rattlesnakes, um, coyotes, cattle come through, sometimes they'd step through. Uh, a tunnel, snap, break their leg.
0: Or step in a hole, yeah. and snap yeah. So their leg. and
1: because otherwise it, it was poison and stuff like that, and they kind of get in that scenario. They're not good. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: there's you know. still a lot of places you can go out there and just shoot them. Yeah,
1: so. it's fun, if, especially for honing your uh, marksmanship, oh, yeah, your skills, and start really learn your equipment. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Well, you got plenty of targets. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> that's plenty and of targets. And, and you so start to you know you're looking at the thermals coming off the ground and how to hold and what calibers and you, you can. Get, it's amazing how you, you start. Figuring out where things hit and in what conditions is—you start doing the math quicker and yeah. get a lot more success that way. But I've done that in forever.
0: Yeah, it's on my long bucket list—long, <laughs> super long bucket list that that
1: never ends and never will. Oh yeah, that, that's good T- though. You gotta always have goals.
0: Yeah, you know. Well, there's my bucket list of goals, and then there's my bucket list of want or like wants. You know, mm-hmm. there's my needs and my and my wants. Uh, Groundhogs are going to the wall. It's like, I want to do that someday. <laughs> you know, I want to shoot a red stag someday. Mm-hmm. They're cool. But, you know, yep. it, will it happen? Eh, probably not. Yeah. At least the red stag won't happen. Groundhogs, I just got to drive out there. Yeah. And get get a bunch of buddies in a truck and drive out there. <laughs>
1: you so. bet. You bet. Well, dude, I don't want to keep you all night. Nope. I in, think we uh... can
0: call her a wrap. We're at two and a half hours. You got any questions for me? I don't. I, okay, If good. anything
1: ever comes up, if... If anybody has any questions or anything, yeah. um, check me out on Facebook. Yeah, um, it's just an open forum there. Um, if you have any questions about the sponsors that I'm with? Too feel free to reach out to me. It's Christmas time, so you got to figure out gifts and whatever. Type didn't. You Facebook. have that little cool.
0: I thought it was kind of a neat little post, something about Christmas, you know, and yeah. check out all these sponsors. Yeah, that was, that, that was clever. Yeah. I, go, that's, no, I,
1: was, you I know, like that. Know, but that's the thing is, it's like I'm not. I'm not a. You're not over not the a, top. No, I'm not. Not no. that way. You know. And again, the, the, I'm. My affiliations are with people and products that I, that I trust. Yeah. And I'm happy to talk about it. It's not like I'm, I'm a salesman in that respect. So yeah. honest feedback from that products that I use, even if it's not even products that I use and you have a question, fire me and a question. Okay? Right. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And even if you got any questions or kids got questions or gals got questions, reach out to me. It's amazing how many times I've actually been in the tree stand and Hey, you know, <laughs> I'm doing this or that. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. You know, I'd try this or this or where are you hunting? I'm I'm happy to help. I mean, that's my whole big thing is just being a good ambassador of the sport and and passing this on so that others can come and do this because it's a blast. I can't think of anything better to do. It's just awesome.
0: And with that, until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Big shout out to Frank Welsh. Thank you, sir, for being on the show. And yes, you are coming on again. I will force you to. Okay, we need more information from you, more stories. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. So don't worry, people. We'll get him back on. We'll drag him in here kicking and screaming, even though he said he liked it. I don't know. Uh also big shout out to allicefishing.com they are the sponsor of the show. If you haven't checked them out yet, please do that. Allicefishing.com that is the website and the Facebook page. Okay? Now what they are doing is they are saving you 10 to 20% off of uh ice fishing stuff like apparel, augers, fishing electronics, fish house accessories, ice fishing accessories and more. And what they've got on their website is a really cool button called deals. Okay, it's on the top uh, top little menu, and that is where you can even save more money on certain things. Like, right now, I don't know, I think this might just end today. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, the 14th, but right now they've got a Strike Master Honda Light Gas Auger, 10-inch for 570 Or, for all you new uh, Eskimo pistol drill bit people that are uh, looking to buy one, 170 bucks. So... Yes. Go ahead and uh, check them out. Allicefishing.com. Minnesota company, Minnesota family. Okay. It's a family owned business. Okay. So not some corporate conglomerate. Nope. They just wanted to save you guys some money, like 10 to 20% off of those big store, uh, box store prices. So check them out, allicefishing.com. Go give their Facebook page a like. They also run, like, contests and and stuff like that, too, every once in a while. So you really want to pay attention to that Facebook page. Go over to their website. Go buy something, okay? They got all sorts of cool stuff. They're going to save you money. Why not? And I'm guessing possibly by the time that uh, we're done ice fishing, their deals might even get a little bit better, uh, you know, end of of year clearances. They haven't told me that, so don't hold me to that. I'm just saying. Check them out, allicefishing.com. So that is the end of the podcast, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe to wherever you are listening to it right now. If you made it this far, all the way to the end credits, come on, subscribe. Like the Facebook page, SmackDown Outdoors Podcast. And until next time, people, see you later. Bye-bye.